Since 2002, People's State Bank has supported Lawrence County and served their financial needs in four different locations, Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville. Stacy Moore, our fellow Saluki and his staff are so happy to help you. And, and just like they help youth sports and 4-H events, they've sponsored Pack the Place. And well, now they're helping out with this podcast and we truly appreciate their sponsorship. All kind of financial needs, whatever you need, just go see the folks at People State Bank. Again, it's in Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville. For all your financial needs, go see People State Bank. Looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. tuned into another episode of the old school red hill podcast and it feels like we haven't been here forever it's only been a couple of weeks but in the meantime since we did the meet the host gary emmons episode gary emmons got married congratulations my man thank you it was uh, a yeah, congratulations congratulations appreciate it it was a good week down in florida it was hot and it was busy everywhere but we had a great time and a great venue for our wedding and it was awesome yeah uh, you and you and laura were a, a a beautiful couple and it was a great time um your your son gavin had a great time gave a tremendous best man speech for a for a 14 year old kid so pretty cool a lot a lot of fun we had down there so again congratulations to the new mr and mrs gary and laura emmons Coming to you straight from the county, the man that, I don't know, raises a large percentage of the food for this country, in my opinion, on that massive dynasty of a farm they call King Farms, David King. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Good. Give us a crop report. How's it looking? Uh, Things looking good. We need rain now. Again? You just got a million dollar rain last week. We always need rain. But no. Until you don't. Until we don't, but <laughs> but uh, usually from this point on out, we need as much as we can get. But everything's looking good, so good. Pretty optimistic about things. And our other co-host, or other host, I guess we're all co-hosts. Arguably the third best teacher in his family, actually fourth. I guess there's could be yeah, yeah. very very well. Yeah, could I mean, be. we can we can have that argument sometime. And bring in people that's got different opinions. Uh, Mary third and, at best. Mary and Lynn started the tradition. Barbie has taken it up. But uh, for our purposes, our favorite teacher, Mr. Chip Jamerson. Thank you very much. Good to see you all. We got a good one tonight. I think so, Chip. Go ahead and lead us off. Tell us what, what we've got uh, what we've got going. Then we'll go to the Mystery Voice. And, of course, this show is brought to you by our fantastic sponsors, Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, People's State Bank, 
the pizza house of Tyler Griffin, and, of course, Andrews Insurance Agency. So please let those folks know um, that you heard about them right here on the Old School Red Hill Podcast. Chip, what we got? Well, tonight it's been a couple months since we've done a school year episode, so we're going to go and cover another one of the Red Hill school years, and we're going to go to the 1979-80 school year. Three of us were in school at that time. One was not yet in school, and we'll kind of go over where we were at as we go through the show. But, yeah, for I know we have a lot of um, people that listen and follow on the Facebook page. It graduated in the late 70s and early 80s, so hope they enjoy. And who's got – just remind us, who's got what? Uh, Gary, you got the – I got the fall. So you're going to take us through through a, a, an, a, an electric football season, um, oh, to yeah, say the least. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I don't think there's anybody better to cover basketball season than Mr. Jamerson. Agree. Hey, well, thank you. I'm glad I got, I glad I drew basketball again. I, it seems like I draw a lot, but I enjoy the basketball season and the, the wrestling season was magnificent that winter. So I can't wait to talk about it as well. Yeah. And then I am going to take, uh, and I guess I never introduced myself first time listening. I'm Brian Emmons and I am going to have the spring sports, very wet spring, Mr. King on the, the farmers were probably griping that year. I think, I think it was April. I'm going back to my memory here for my research. I think it was April 26th when Lawrenceville played their first baseball game. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, but first let's go to our new favorite game, everybody's favorite game. The Mystery Voice. <laughs> Did know. you actually call the station and get the actual Mystery Voice music? No, I actually just pulled that up. That was the first. I pulled up game show music and hit the button. I don't know if my audio worked there very good through my four-year-old daughter's uh, speaker. But anyway, mystery voice. We uh, Who'd we draw last time, Chip? And I don't think we got a correct answer. Uh, 1985 punter John Reed was drawn last time. Did not hear from John, and so we got no winner. So we're going to uh, go ahead and play a little bit more, another snippet, if you will, of this mystery voice. And then uh, we'll see who we draw out this time. So here we go our next installment of the mystery voice. Hello, old school Red Hill podcast listeners. Bridgeport, Illinois was a great place to grow up. That's all you're going to get. So he, so he, okay, so he, okay. I think he grew up in Bridgeport. That's what he said. I, I, he, he said great. Okay. Yeah, he said Bridgeport, Illinois was a great place to grow up. So there's your first hmm. hint. I wonder what that means. We'll see chip. Let's uh, dig into that vast vault of uh, old school Red Hill members Good. on the Facebook page, and that drum's getting bigger. We added like eight new members, I think, just last week. Yes, and their names have been added in. I've taken out the names I've drawn already, so if you've already been drawn out, you've got to wait till about another 1,200 names are drawn before you're drawn again. I figure by Friday <laughs> and... of this week, Carrie Hill will know who it is. All right. Okay, I know this guy. Um, he did it all at Red Hill. Oh, wow. I know some stats about him. Just look at his, hey, He was a football player, a wrestler, a baseball player, and today he's an avid golfer. Oh. Um, 88 grad Tom Tool. Wow, oh, Tommy. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, Tom, you're going to be on the clock, and, and I, think he, I think he usually listens at least uh, fairly quickly, so we may get a guest very soon. So uh, don't forget – 
or every episode we'll do the mystery voice and we might be calling you yes we might all right again thank our sponsors gray's restaurant people state bank griffin's pizza house andrews insurance agency and agency and we are going to take a trip to 1979 with mr gary emmons well it was uh a great start. I, I went back to August is where I started. So I guess I was really late summer, but I had a few snippets that I wanted to bring up throughout the uh, starting and leading off the school season and uh, going through the fall. Uh, Red Hills cross country team had a first call out meeting on August 13th and we'll get into them a little bit later. Not a whole lot of coverage on the cross country team, but a few notable names in there. You'll remember when we get to that here in a bit, August 13th, Red Hills own Roy Joe Dillard. Second place in the Olney Invitational oh, wow. golf tournament. Fired a 73 and a 71 at him to get out. Just got edged in uh, second place in that one. By Don Allenball? It wasn't that name. It, was <laughs> no, it wasn't Allenball for sure. So just a guess. Little League All-Stars, you know, that uh, was, uh, they wrapped up and they were playing a tournament there at the end of the year. Uh, they went over the Olney Invitational. Let's see. Uh, that would have been uh, Mike Kress and that group, right? There were three names that dominated these these articles of these of these games. One of them being Buddy Griggs for sure. Okay. Uh, Brian Laughlin got a win uh, over Dietrich. Uh, he came in relief of Buddy Griggs. They went to the semis to play T Town. Oh yeah, I was a year off. Yeah, and uh, and they beat T Town four to two to advance the championship game. Buddy Griggs got the win in that game. Sean Grismer comes in and gets the save. Good. Team. Sean goes one for two at the plate. Guess who went two for three with a double? We've already mentioned him tonight so far. Tom Tua. Not Chris. Not, not John Reed. Oh, wow. John, right. put, John Reed goes two for three with a double in the victory over T-Town. Folks, Buddy if Riggs you went two for three with two doubles. Folks, if you're keeping score at home right now, John Reed dominating this podcast. Yes. <laughs> John, Shannon Grismer says went over oh two. You weren't on that team? No, well, see, um, okay, I was trying. When I first said Mike Chris, I was thinking because when I did my research, because I'm actually an 80, I would have been in yeah. fifth grade then. So I wouldn't have been old enough. But Buddy, for sure. Buddy Griggs, wait, I, I I don't know how that worked. I, I, I have to find out because. Should it be Sean? That's what I was thinking. I, I'm wondering if that wouldn't be Sean and not Shannon. Well, it mentioned Sean getting the save in the game, but it said Shannon. Griggs oh, that's right. Sean played. I don't know well, because sure. you have. To, oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. I got it. I, I got it all mixed up in my head. All stars is 11 and 12s, right? Yes. Okay, yes, so yes, Shannon yes. was actually a year ahead of me age wise, so he oh, would have okay. been. I didn't so, realize okay. that. Yeah, I was thinking in my head uh, just 12 year olds, but yeah. Okay, now I'm good. I'm good. All right, here got we that go. Squared Donnie Paddock goes one for three. Tommy Wells goes one for two. Coach of the team, the Little League All Stars, was Coach Tim Worth. I think Tim's still coaching today in Lawrence County. He was the yep, cross country coach. Yeah, so I thought he was doing cross country still today. So he's been coaching for a long time. Unfortunately, lost to Olney in the title tilt, lost five to three, but a great little league season for those guys. Some junior good pro football is some forming. real talent there. Yes. Junior pro football is forming. They're gonna hold a meeting to find out if they have enough kids to even have a have teams this year. You can't make it to the call-up meeting. You got to call two guys to get more information. Who are those two guys? Mike Kurtz. That's one. And Hype Baldwin. And Hype Baldwin. You got to call one of those two guys to to get more information about it. But during the call-out season, 
No more information the rest of the year on junior pro football. I don't know if you had, do you have a team? Do you recall? Let's see. So that would have been my fifth grade year. Yeah. Yeah. There was a team. Yeah. Because right, I, interesting. I went out and went to a few practices and uh, said, fuck. Well, I can't say that on this podcast. I, I I didn't finish the season. Let's put it that way. It wasn't too loud. Uh, Sumner was in a pony. It was in the Pony League, of course, with uh, Allendale and West Salem and a bunch of those teams. And the North South All Star Game was ha- happened here in mid August. The North team were uh, represented by Troy Reinhardt, Todd Parrott, Doug Grismer, and Billy Hughes. Oh wow! Cool article in the Daily Record. It was uh, entitled "Red Hill Newcomers." Uh, so uh, some notables. Dennis Kimmel was named the athletic director and assistant principal at the high school. Goodness. His first year from Petersburg, Porta. I don't think oh. I knew he was from there. Anybody else know no, that? I didn't know that. Well, he's from Sumner, but I guess he was teaching at Porta. Um, oh, okay. or I did not realize he was a former – I was a former Menard County teacher myself in Athens. So, and that's, no, I had no idea that he came from Porta. And that's where Bagby went, right? Yes, yeah. that's where Bagby went. Wow, I didn't realize there was such a strong nice. Red Hill to – Petersburg port a tie. And I think one of our wrestlers, I think a wrestler maybe lost to somebody from Porta in the um, postseason. Strong. Yeah, I, I think I can't, I came across that. Alert. <laughs> strong wrestling uh, program up there at Porta. Legendary. <laughs> yes, a very strong. Another Red Hill newcomer. Okay. Hailing from the uh, Oakland City University. Went, oh, to I know. went to North Knox High School. Jeff, Whoa, Jeff, Jeff Lynn. Lynn. Jeff Lynn is North joining, Knox uh, warrior legend. Yes, he's uh, joining. Um, he's going to teach the elementary grades and uh, coach fifth and sixth grade basketball and also join the football staff with uh, Coach Huff. Another new, uh, another big change in uh, this, this season, Richard Dixon's been promoted to the high school basketball coach with Mike Gray. Covered that. And, yeah, and the, go back in the archives, listen to the yeah. Richard Dixon episode. I, I had completely forgotten about that. His one year on the staff, he goes into that a little bit on the um, um, on that episode. I'll yeah. go into that team here in a little while. I like awesome. it. One of my favorite teams. Another Good hard, team. another hard luck loser, Roy Joe Dillard again in the Lawrence County, the Lawrence County, the club championship. This time he gets beat by Greg Dykus. A two, great player. Two day total, one forty seven for Dykus, one forty eight. For Roy Joe Whoa. Dillard. So that was and, a, and Greg, another tight one. Greg is a former, I don't know if he ever actually taught at Red Hill, but I know he's student taught at Red Hill when I was yeah. there. Hey, speaking of that, real fast, um, I'm going to give somebody a free plug. I play a lot of golf courses, played a lot of golf courses around the country over the last few years in different states. There is no better grass, whether it's in the fairway or on the greens, than Lawrence County Country Club right now. Gary and I... Really? Uh, Gary and I oh, played over there on Saturday. I've, I've heard uh, from many people from over in my area in Indiana that have gone over there and played. And uh, um, I thought, I, I got to get over there and check it out. I didn't make it last year. I'm not kidding you. The greens are as good as anywhere in the country. So free plug for the Lawrence County wow. Country Club. Good job to uh, to Doug Brown and, and Joey Lancaster doing uh, whatever you're doing. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, it is phenomenal. The greens were by far the best we probably played this year, and uh, really, really. Good I heard. Stuff. I heard. I don't know the exact story. I heard they had a fundraiser and raised a lot of money uh, 
couple months ago, a month or two ago, and yeah. I don't know if this money they're raising is helping. I don't know how much money well, it costs to make if it, the, if they the just, best in the if, country. But. Yeah, if they yeah. just did it a couple of months ago, that wouldn't have anything to do with this. I think this that's just know-how. I think Joey Lancaster knows what in the hell he's doing. And, and, uh, and by the way, while we're throwing out scores there, your very own Gary Emmons threw a little 74 at the boys over there at the country club that nice. day. So Best round of the year. So that's uh, so bring it on, Dykus. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I mean, that's like better than Matt Shear back in two thousand two. I mean, Heck yeah. if you uh, if you double his nine hole scores, he's looking yes. about 77, 78. So God, that's uh, a nice job. Day. Hell, by by twenty twenty three, Gary's going to be running track for Oregon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I don't remember when we did the Jim Baker interview. Did we talk about his uh, run in the Mid-State Baseball League at all? Does anybody remember that? I'm sure. So. The Mid-State Baseball League, the Bridgeport Bulldogs played in the Mid-State Baseball no, League. No, I don't think we did. I don't they, remember uh, that. Speak only saw there was a tournament that was played. They lost to Matt Toon in the championship game. You had a – and I can't think how old – how old would Jim have been in 79? He graduated in 76, so he'd be about 21. Okay. I was going to yeah, say, is so like like a semi-pro baseball league? Is that like a college summer league or something like I that? I think it like it's some yeah, sort it's of a semi-pro. You had like, Tim Worth and Stan Ayers and geez. Steve Hughes were all on the team with Bake. So some wooden, real. Wooden, wooden, bat, wooden bat leagues, that's what I'm looking for. Probably something like Yeah, so that's uh, – It may have been all they had. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting going back how big like men's softball and uh, oh, these gosh. baseball leagues and you know that Huge. stuff's all. I mean, it's died at this point. There may be there's a few softball leagues that still happen. But... Not up in Amish country. I'm not yeah. kidding you. They have a thriving um, adult softball, basketball. Yeah, they play a lot of sports up in up there. Anyway, uh, a little bit of cross country. Coach Phil Negley uh, has 13 meet scheduled announced. Fresh soft football team is going to have a eight game uh, season that that year. Full slate. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> some of the guys on the cross country uh, team: Dan Burgett and uh, Don Grogan, Brian Smith, who gets talked about as one of the seed school basketball legends, was on the team. Roy Abbott, Mark Murphy, and uh, John Sumner was on that team. So all I solid think names. Was, that was the last report of cross country the, for the rest of the year. So I couldn't, <laughs> tell, couldn't tell you how they fared that season. I got to uh, think they well, did I, well. Huh? I can tell you, uh, Burgett used to run all over town. Yeah. Um, as Brian Smith did too. I mean, yeah. so there's definitely some runners on and that I, team. And I feel like Danny Grogan was, was a, a, used to see him out running too, if I remember right. So some serious and talent. That, and, and, yes. And those three just uh, just a little foreshadowing did not win the most valuable uh cross country player award. Oh, Ooh, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> oh. I remember Brian Smith used to ride his bike to Good Samaritan Hospital and That's the tr that's a true story. When um, when he was working over there. Did Negley he's work I'm predicting he's down at Fox's um the junkyard he's working now, Brian yeah. is. Speaking of, I saw in in a, uh, in a Bridgeport City Council meeting coming up. I'm not reporting on it, so I'll spoil it now. I, they gave the license to Fox's to open a junkyard. Or I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Salvage yard. I thought they always had that license. So it's it come may, full circle. It may have yes. been a renewal, but it was this is how they that's how they worded it. Red Hill Rangerettes, which I think we would know as the dance team or the pom-pom squad, were led by Captains Jerry Abernathy and Linda Dunlap uh, for this season. 
They were uh, performing at halftime of football games and yep. basketball games. So I was a big fan. Rangerettes had a good season. Uh, in the paper, there was a great picture again of Saluki newcomers. Uh, awesome pick of Jeff Lynn handing off the football to freshman quarterback Mike Ash and a, and a fantastic picture of those two. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yes. Had new lights installed at the football field right there before the football season. They, they moved the light poles back to not impede views. Speaking of, of fundraisers. Fans, which was nice. What's that? I said speaking of fundraisers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 1979, guys, was the 50th anniversary of the NEC conference. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. so 50 years that had been that had been going on. What year was their demise? Uh, 2001 was the first season in the LIC. Okay. 2001-2002. RIP so, NEC. Yes, well, it's basically back now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was talk again in the, some school board meetings. I didn't have too many juicy school board notes from this time. It was pretty boring compared to some of the other ones I've had. But I do. <laughs> they had uh, they had talked about again. They were going to – it went a few months in between. was about piloting some sort of a study to creating a new conference to get out of the NEC. So, obviously, that talk had been going on. I know it's been several of our really? podcasts where wow. people were basically trying to figure out how to get out of that conference and – didn't happen again, like I said, until 2001. Yep. Hey, speaking of one thing that happened in 2001, and it is continuing to happen today, and it happened to Gary Emmons after he played golf at the country club on Saturday. Gary, where'd you have lunch? Oh, I went to Gray's Restaurant. Gray's was, Restaurant uh, in Bridgeport. glorious double cheeseburger with pickle. French fries were amazing. Love it. Very, very, very good stuff. Ralph started it. Todd and Becky continued it, and now the next generation is running the show. The Gray family loves to cook for your family. Like Gary mentioned, they've got great home-cut fries, great cheeseburgers, hand-cut steaks, tenderloins, and those famous fish dinners. And I noticed on the Facebook page, they listed all their lunch specials for July. I mean, listen to this. You want some mouth-watering? You got Beef Manhattans on Wednesday. That's classic. Um, Thursdays. Um, matter of fact, if you, if you listen to this on day one, you can run in there on Thursday, July 8th, get schnitzel and German fries. Are you kidding oh, me? My. Bang Bang Shrimps on the menu one day. Of course, the great taco salads. Bacon cheeseburgers on Monday, July 26th. That might be worth Ooh. a drive. Gray's okay, Restaurant I've in Bridgeport. I've never had a bacon cheeseburger from Gray's. Well, I haven't either. Can't be bad. No, I don't know how it could be. No, definitely not. <laughs> hey, give them a call, 945-9501. You can pick it up at the window or come on in and see the folks and have a bite to eat. But whatever you do, let the Gray family cook for your family today. Chip okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think Chip's, oh yeah, I'm just. Chip's, I'm, I'm looking for a stapler. Chip's building. <laughs> Chip's building a shed out, out behind the studio. <laughs> like you said, Red Hill was fielding a 38-man roster led by uh, Coach Bill Huff and his assistants Mike Gray and Jeff Lynn. Just nine returning lettermen to the team. You had Junior Raymond Price coming back as quarterback, and you had lineman Larry Loudermilk and Anthony Lightus. You had. Uh, Backs, Jeff Hawkins and Greg Board, and you had Doug Shank as wide receiver on that team. So 
had some pretty good athletes on that team. Unfortunately, it didn't really pan out through the year, and we'll get to that uh, starting right now. But I want to start with uh, my, uh, the first song that I had for the fall of uh, 1979. This song was number one in the country for about half the football season. Oh, wow. And you're going to hear the knack with my Sharona. Might be as familiar as an opening riff as there is. Oh yeah, yeah definitely for sure. And it was the number one, I think, for five weeks during football season. So it had a great run. Chip, what's your favorite, uh, your second favorite knack song? Gosh, what's their other one? I don't know. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have to look. Seems it like up. they have another very common song. Um, I'll have that answer for you in just a second, Brian. Okay. I, if you came up with that, I was really going to be impressed. <laughs> So how many we, weeks was that? That was a, that was a number one for a lot of weeks. One, two, three, uh, five weeks, all the way until wow. October fifth. It was number one. I've so. got I've really got the same two songs, and I had one in in the spring that goes for six weeks. So. So we had a uh, week one. We were uh, going down to Fairfield, and uh, in, in the preseason articles, I think Coach Huff, at least. Uh, he was being very optimistic in the newspaper, and it sounded like they were feeling very confident going into that year. But went down to Fairfield and took a loss, fourteen to eight. And Close. You're find out that's the I think that's the closest we had all year. Uh, Jeff Hawkins ran twenty-one times for one hundred and one yards, and late in the game, this maybe went broke the whole season. But Price found Brian Butler in the end zone for an apparent touchdown, but it was wiped away. That would have given Red Hill the tied the game, so could have had a chance to go up on an extra point and uh but they they called it no good he was across the line touchdown taken away oh. and we go on to lose 14 14 to 8. i thought maybe we had a hold on the play no, unfortunately just uh, it was ruled out of bounds there was some controversy there okay let's get into summer fall festival i like the summer fall festival it was uh titled the best ever wow wow that's high praise Captain Jack was your parade marshal from WTHI. Well, if there's anything that's, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to have a best parade, right, there's why. I did. I, can I share a personal story from that? I've got one too. I was hoping this was the one cat. And I actually, I don't know. He may have come back and was a parade marshal again a couple years later. I thought I was a little bit older than this, but maybe I was just this age. Um, I actually stood right next to him and he had like the, the captain's like coat, the jacket coat thing that he would always yeah, wear. I think that was his standard uh, uniform. Right? I had the same memory basically. So, and um, yeah. I actually went up and I touched Captain Jack's jacket, and oh, okay. so I think I, shook I can, hands. I, I think can I still shook feel it. <laughs> what um, did you say, Dave? I think I shook hands with him. Oh, oh holy cow! Speaking of a brush <laughs> with greatness, my yeah. favorite uh, memory of the Captain Jack show was right after the Indiana State Sycamores, um, I, I believe, had made the NCAA tournament. Um, they were all on the Captain Jack show, and I remember they he introduced a lot of the players, and, and obviously Larry Bird was about to come out, and, and Captain Jack said, and this guy needs absolutely no introduction, Mr. Brad Miley. <laughs> and, <Nope>. and Larry <laughs> Bird, huge laughs by the kids, needless to say. Your eighth grade king and queen. Oh, real, real quick, Gary. 
Yeah. Was it Captain Jack or Cowboy Bob that you peed on? I peed on Cowboy Bob. <laughs> okay, he was sitting on Cowboy Bob's lap and peed. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I don't know if, I don't know if he knew it, but I, I was had wet well, pants. Well, and and if you remember, Captain Jack had, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Cowboy Bob had light brown pants. You trust me, yeah. he knew. <laughs> it wasn't my best moment, but hey, you know, I was younger four or five years old and got very nervous to be around a guy I saw on TV. How, how could you not? Eighth grade king and queen. I never Crowhawk. I got Don Skaggs, <laughs> not Frohawk. <laughs> Don Skaggs is your queen and, uh, I mean, your king, and the queen was Re- Regina Leach. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll see her again in some homecoming royalty, I believe. So this is Don Skaggs? That's what it said. Is, it's it the, is that the same person as Gary Skaggs? Because I'm has. calling Gary Skaggs in the junior high basketball report. Yeah, it's Gary Skaggs. <laughs> it said Don. That's, I thought Don, Don, I think Don was, but uh, maybe not accurate reporting, which wouldn't be shocking with some of the stuff. Let's get into some of the summer uh, fall festival notable events that were listed. Some of the things I thought were interesting. You had a pumpkin decorating contest. Okay. Didn't know about that. Third place, Whitney Kirchie. Good job. Oh, wow. Young Whitney Kirchie. <laughs> yes. This is like the like four to seven category. Okay. That's... Second place, Chad Roney. Okay. And your pumpkin carving. will be mentioned again later. Pumpkin carving champion. <laughs> Let me guess. Ashley Don't... Hessler. Oh, shoot. I was not... That's not who I was going to guess. I was going Doug Cummins all the way. <laughs> oh, I mean, that would be a great guess. <laughs> Softball throw ages four to seven. Brenda Drummond brings home the title there. I was going Jackie Bond. She beat Denise Bowser by a hair. <sighs> Boys football throw. Cameron Atkins. Bob Bowser, Bob Bowser. This is ages four to seven again. Oh, four to seven. <laughs> um, Lonnie Moan. Um, Ashley Hessler. Golly! <laughs> football throw ages eight to ten. Shad Rousey. Barely beats Bobby Bowser. Bowser takes home second. Sack race, ages four to seven. Four to seven sack race. Jason Inyert. Ashley Hessler. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This kid's like Jesse Owens. (laughs) Bobby Bowser wins your Frisbee throw, everybody. Bobby Bowser wins the Frisbee throw. The last time he threw a Frisbee. Probably so. But those were good, good, good stuff there. Uh, let's see here. Week two, my Sharona is still number one. We go to uh, we go to Salem. The long trip to Salem. Long drive to Salem. Long trip. Week two. Thirty-three to six loss. Jeff Hawkins had a pretty good game. Both sides of the ball. We had many injuries, which is probably pretty common that after the Salem game. So you know what week three always is. We first home game. We got Mount Carmel coming home. Lost 45-14 to the Golden Aces. Yeah, we were down 21-14 say, at the half. Not, not terrible. Yeah, 21-14 yeah. at the half. Lost 45-14. Got out, of, got out of hand there at the end. Hawkins had another good game. Price finds Shank for a touchdown early on. So, you know, I'm sure Bridgeport was rocking, feeling good about things, and ended up losing that one. Yeah, Mount Carmel's like a year away from winning the state title, I think. So, this was a good Mount Carmel team. Week four brings homecoming, guys. Early homecoming this year. We got Carmine coming to town. Always a Senate, always a great week. Student Senate led by uh, President Mike Smith, VP Pan Shoulders, Secretary Treasurer Linda Dunlap, and Corresponding Secretary Marla Eckes 
We're in charge of the planning of the homecoming this year for homecoming 79. You're, you're throwing out titles. I didn't even know existed. I never heard that one either. Monday on uh, Monday would have been September 17th. The football team nominated your Queens queen candidates. And then on Tuesday, the next day, the student body votes for who their winners should be running for queen that year. We had Anita shoulders, Cheryl Paul, Terry Laughlin, Susan England, and Lori Latch. Okay. Didn't get all the escorts, but that's who you had. Uh, I know who I'm picking. All right. All right. And I've uh, got my pick too. We had the returning queen. Donna Strange was going to come back to uh, crown the new queen. Let's see here. We had some skits. You had Teresa, Teresa Holman. I think that's what it says. I can't. No, Teresa Holmes and Debbie Steer were planning skits for the for the pep rally, so they were getting everything ready to go for the fun. Anybody remember the dance theme for Homecoming '79? The theme. A good one. For That'll the- be on next year's podcast. Really good one. The little th- we got tonight. Oh, oh perfect. That uh, and that's that, Brian, and that, that yeah that out? that's the original right. That's yeah. Well, yeah. that's Bob Seger. Yeah, right. Before Kenny and was it Sheena Sheena Easton. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of Bob Seger. This is for all you lovers out there. Homecoming week nineteen seventy nine. You're listening to W A K O. I know it's late. I know you're weird. I know your plans Don't include me Still here we are Well, your plans did not include him, but my guess is your plans are going to... I'm not going to make my guess yet. I'll wait. Let's get to the football game first. I kind of jumped the gun. That's such a good Bob Seger song. He's so good. I love his voice. Tough game, lost 46-8 to Carmine, so not the, not the best game. Not Nothing of note happened. Of course, we've talked about this many times. You're cramming in a dance after the football game. Dance, dance starts about so, 10.30. Well, this says dance was going to run from 9.30 to 11.30 with coordination at 10.30. That's <laughs> not even <laughs> worth a whirlwind. Yeah. Music was being played by the U.S. Drifters from Lawrenceville, so a live okay. band. I like that. Didn't know they do they do that very often. Yeah. But it's time to it's ten thirty. It's time to uh I know where you're your queen. Again, you had Anita Shoulders, Cheryl Paul, Terry Laughlin, Susan England, and Lori Latch. Any predictions? Uh, Lori Latch. Lori Latch. Oh yeah, I was gonna go Latch. Got it. Definitely, definitely Lori Latch. She was your queen for 1979. So congratulations to Lori uh, on on being queen. They can never take that one away from her, guys. Good job, Lori. Week five, after getting hammered by Carmi, we go down to Albion. I think they were still called Albion at that time. We're never kind of quite yet. Close game, lost 16 to eight. I, I mentioned earlier that we had we did have a couple close games this year. Lost 16 to eight. Had a, a whopping 92 yards of offense in that game and that loss. I don't have this song pulled because I don't know it, but the song called Sad Eyes by Robert John um, unseated my Sharona for number one in the country. Uh, Sad Eyes by Robert John, I believe another one hit wonder, or I shouldn't say another. Did we have, do we have do, a report yeah. on Maybe the... I do know the song. I don't know. Do we have a report they, on they, the knack? They had a, another um, 
They had a song that went to number eleven, but I didn't know it. It's like girls something. I I'm off that page now. But, That's okay. Um, I so I did not know another song. Here's here's Sad Maybe. Eyes by Robert John, and I, I think he's another one hit wonder. Let me skip ahead here just a bit. bet you can hear that on yacht rock radio on sirius xm um, brian um could you pull up the other big hit from the knack was good girls don't it did go to number 11 so maybe if we heard it especially you were older at this time maybe you would remember it more than the rest of us okay, good girls here don't we go. good girls don't by the knack got it here we go and if gary wants to talk for a little bit and you can always oh, pull I've, that up i've later. got it here you know, something i forgot to mention right. for for homecoming is 79 you guys were all in school, but I was in the homecoming court. Oh, I was the ring bear that year with Kelly. You Bonner. were the ring bear? That's right. There was there's a picture a... of me in the newspaper, and I looked like I was pissed at the world. There's the rings? Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I say ring bear, I'm a crown bearer, I mean. <laughs> Here's that Knack song, uh, Good Girls Don't by the Knack. Oh, I do know this song, yeah. Good girls don't. Good girls don't. But I do. Yeah, I remember that song. That was our follow-up to My Sharona. And then that's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I would say it was ended after My Sharona, but... I never yeah, I did not one. know that so I don't know that song. Week six, we go to Olney. A little tussle with them, uh... Exciting game. Lost 24-18 and double OT Whoa. to the Tigers. Winless now, right? Yeah, yeah, we're winless. That's going to continue. New number one in the country, though. Sad Eyes only lasted one week. An up-and-comer from Gary, Indiana, Michael Jackson. But don't stop till you get enough. Come on, Michael. This is like a Janet beginning. You're going to hit that part right here. I think this was played at the wedding reception. I'm pretty sure. I always like this one. Hit it, Michael. This is the beginning of a... Needless to say, a long reign at the top for Mr. Jackson. Oh, yeah, definitely. Week 7, we're 0-6. We go, we put, got a home game against Flora. Lost 33-2 in that one. Okay. We got new number one in the country again, Herb Alpert with Rise. I don't want to really hear Herb Alpert's song. I'm sure it's a lot of horns. I bet it's a lot of horns. I bet it's almost all horns. It may be just one horn, a trumpet, but I know there's at least one in it. Hey, speaking of, you know, we covered um, the 80-81 school year a while back, if you want to go back in the archives and, and talking about this football team. I mean, going into that next season from the one we're discussing, I mean, these guys were called the fastest backfield in the NEC. So, yeah, um, there's 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 some good things to come, but they're having a rough Yeah, year. there's uh, just yeah learning some lessons here in this tough season. Week eight, Oblong. We know what's going to happen when we play Oblong, typically. David King's famous for his uh, his Oblong disappointment. And there was another one. 30-14 to 14 loss to uh, to the Panthers from Oblong. Herb Alpert's rise is number one again in the country. 
Moving on, rivalry week, or week nine. Got Lawrenceville coming to town. And they had a pretty good, pretty good football team that season. Pretty much destroyed Red Hill 52 to 6. Um, again, rough season, good things coming, but a rough season for football. I was gonna, that's about all I had. I had a couple more songs I wanted to play that were hot during the fall of 79. And this is a song when I first saw it, I didn't even think about it. I couldn't think what it was until I heard it, but it's pop music by the band named M. You know that one, Chip or Dave? Uh, you will. You will. I, I, yeah, I, I know it, but not very well. Haven't heard that many times. Oh, yeah, that song. Okay. Kind of a Devo type sound. Number one in in all the country. uh, Pretty sure I've never heard that in my life. Really? November (laughs) 2nd of 79, it was number one? I wouldn't say a great song by any means. Novelty, would you call it, Chip? Yeah, I would say a novelty song for sure. And to end uh, end my fall of uh, 79 run, uh, before we move on to the winter stuff, probably I think it's a really, really good song by ELO, Don't Bring Me Down. Great song. The second Jeff Lynn we've talked about tonight. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you got me running, going out of my mind. You got me thinking that I'm wasting my time. Don't bring me down. No, 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 no. Great part. Man, these kids in 70 or in 80 or 79, 80 had some great songs to listen to. Yes, they did. Electric Light Orchestra, underrated, overrated, or rated about right, Chip? Under, extremely underrated. Gary? I would say I agree with Chip. Dave? Yeah, underrated. Or, yeah, between there and about right. The correct answer is? Underrated. Oh, okay. Jeff Lynn, uh, part of um, the Traveling Wilburys, of course. You'll hear of him in, later on. With, yep. of on course. 88-89. Uh, oh, yeah, we already did the 88-89 school year. George Harrison. <laughs> Roy Orbison. <laughs> Who am I missing? Tom Petty. Tom, Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. Did you say Bob Dylan? And Bob Dylan, that's right. Good collaboration. I'm not a Bob Dylan, you know, and I'm it, I'm not an old music snob or I'm not, don't have my head buried in the sand. I listen to everything in all eras, but I just don't get Bob Dylan. I don't know. Maybe Hur- a great songwriter. But Hurricane was awesome. Yeah, that's a great song. If you listen to the yeah, Birdies. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say, if you listen to Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball, Todd Lancaster's a big Bob Dylan fan. Yeah, I think about a, a couple episodes ago, uh, you and Todd went into Bob Dylan a little bit on that show. Yeah. Anyway, Gary, what else? That's going to conclude my fall. I stopped at the end of football season, so I'm going to pass it off to Chip to start the winter well, of 79-80. I tell you what, before we All get right. to Chip, if you want great Bridgeport-style pizza, there's only one place to go. Come on. 
Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Where are they located, Chip? They're right there on Judy Avenue across from the Dog Pound. And I know David King had this uh, this pizza of the month for July. Dave, it was awesome, wasn't it? Man, it was like one of the best things I'd ever eaten. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Speaking of speaking no, of high onion rings and barbecue sauce and it was great. Well that was last month. Yeah. I okay, I thought you had this month's. You didn't have this month's pizza. Okay, so the joke that would have, yeah, it would have been in June. Yeah, okay. So that was the pizza you had. July, the pizza of the month. Now boys, we're going we're going off script here, right? We've always got the barbecue bacon, the cheeseburger. Yeah. Hearty, hearty pizzas. This time we're going, we're taking it the dessert way. It's called the red, white, and blue dessert pizza. Now listen to this. Gary, he starts off just regular crust. I think he cooks that crust and then he brings it out and then we're going to start adding some of the, some of the sizzle. Nutella is the sauce. Mm, Okay. So we're going to spread Nutella on that baby. Then we're going to add blueberries blackberries strawberries raspberries and then we're going to top that off sprinkling it with powdered sugar well you know on a on a hot summer day sometimes people don't want to have a hot pizza it's going to be a great cold uh dessert a very unique dessert you can take to your picnics or whatnot absolutely yeah, that's uh that's available in a 10 inch crust for 1069 great way to celebrate the fourth of july and quite frankly the whole month of of july so that's the pizza house 945-3663 give them a call for delivery pickup i believe you can dine in they're open tuesday through sunday four to nine of course the first friday of every month they are open for lunch give them a call bridgeport style pizza tyler griffin's pizza house and thanks to all of our sponsors people state bank andrews insurance agency of course stacy over there at people state bank juice and the bone and andrews insurance agency the whole gray's family wants to cook for your family at gray's restaurant and then of course tyler griffin's pizza house Let's go over to Chip Jamerson as we enter late fall and winter of 7980. All right, so I'm going to cover wrestling, boys basketball, and girls basketball, a very successful winter. Um, I know we've kind of mentioned it through, we've sprinkled it in throughout where we were at this time. I was a first grader at Seed School. I was in Mrs. Paddock's class that year at Tremendous teacher, one one of my all-time favorites. Um, that means if I'm in first grade, I think I can do the math here, but I'll just let you guys. So where would you have been, David King, in the 79-80 school year? Washington School, half-day kindergarten. And who was your teacher there? Uh, Mrs. Barry. Okay, so Mrs. Barry did half-day at Sumner, half-day at Washington uh, with the kindergarten. All right. Um, and, Gary, I know you were the crown bearer, so you were not in school yet, I think you mentioned. You have so. a year, what year, year yeah. away from kindergarten because you're yeah, a year behind a, Dave's. An 80 81 guy. All right. And Brian, where were you in 79 80? I was in Mr. Thompson's fifth grade class um, right there at the K 5 6 Center. Okay. All right. So um, let, let's go ahead and start with the wrestling here. And it was a great season uh, for the Red Hills Salukis, of course, led by Jim Drury. At this time, we were a 
Um, let me go over some of the rest, and we'll get into some of these more, but I'm just going to quickly run down. I like to get some people's names out there on the show. Uh, so at the JV level, you had Kent Ubelacker at 98, Mark Weiss wrestling at 105 on most days. Like he went, there was one meet, I think uh, they uh, switched. Ubelacker must have been up a little bit, Weiss down a little bit, so they switched weight classes there. Greg Roosevelt at 119, Jerry Newell at 132, Jerry Stout at 138, and Tom Moore at 167. Now here's your wrestling, your varsity wrestling team. I'll tell you what, guys, these they hardly ever lost a duel throughout the season. Wow. I found a duel meet. They lost to Lawrenceville. Um, Lawrenceville won the NEC and was an absolute powerhouse that year. And Red Hill was second in the NEC conference. Seven teams had wrestling programs. Only was the only team without one. So a um, I mean, even the really good football and basketball teams it's rare you have a top two finish in the NEC. It really, it doesn't happen a lot. So uh, second play, I mean, just tells a lot about the program we've built here. Um, so here's your team, and these guys all had success. There wasn't a weak link in the bunch. 98, Dave Dunahy, David Dunahy, 105, Jay Dunlap, Jim Strange at 112, Larry Akers at 119, John Sumner, we know from the cross-country team at 126, Mark Murphy from the cross-country team at 132. Mike Allender, 138. Raymond Price, the quarterback, 145. His first year on the – he has left the basketball program and joined the wrestling team. And if you listen to the 8081 podcast, you know Raymond ended up going to state yep. his senior year. We'll see if he goes to state his junior year. But this is his first year ever wrestling. Big loss to the basketball program. Uh, Larry Carnes at 155. Tracy Best at 167. Scott Finley at 185. And the heavyweight was Brian Davis. A lot of guys on here that I don't know, I'm probably half list I know. I, I don't know how many of them are still around Lawrence County, but um, a few highlights from that from that season. Both individual, a lot of individual stuff here, which we know wrestling is a team sport, but it's a lot of kind of like we, track and field. It's a lot of individual too, because uh, a lot you sometimes you don't have a lot of control um, over what happens. Whether sometimes you might even have a guy at a certain weight class and so forth. So. Um, I know a big win for Larry Akers early. They, we went down to Carterville, and we didn't uh, place it in the top three. I know what that means. It's a huge meet. But Larry Akers won the 119 at Carterville, and Jim Strange won second at 112. So that was kind of a forecast of things to come um, for those two guys who had big seasons. Um, as I said, um, now I did find a dual meet with Lawrenceville and we did lose that one 49 to eight. So it, that Ooh. was a big wake up call. We went from wow. where we were winning almost every yeah. individual match in a meet to, we lost almost every individual match in this meet to Lawrenceville. Um, wow. and, uh, Jim strange was probably, he was our, if not best, our second best wrestler on that team, he and acres and Jim strange lost that lost that against Lawrenceville because of course he had to face Ricky Wagner. Um, now I mentioned Ricky's a Lawrenceville guy, but a lot of people from Red Hill know Ricky because his sister graduated from Red Hill, Tammy and his brother, Darby Wagner, who I think we've mentioned on the podcast before. Have we? Ended up being a, yeah, I think so. One of the episodes we've mentioned him. So uh, yeah, Darby ended up being a standout wrestler at Red Hill um, 11 years, you know, a after, uh, Ricky. So Ricky had a great season, but that was a, that was quite a rivalry. The rivalry was the Jim strange Ricky Wagner. I'm sure it was a friendly rivalry, but I'm sure for years, those two have been going head to head. Um, now before we get a little more into this wrestling season, 
Um, a few things I want to talk about also going on. A popular song during that season, during like January and February, so when we're really getting into these uh, bigger meets, the conference conference meet, and into the postseason, um, I will tell you, there was definitely in the county of Lawrenceville, there were no cowards on this on this re- on this wrestling team on either wrestling team in the county. No, um, but I listened back to this Kenny Rogers classic earlier today. And the song is called um, Coward of the County, but it's it talks about a guy who has all this built-up aggression and ends up uh, just losing it on some guys. We don't know really what ended up happening to him, whether... I don't oh, know, I think but, we do. Uh, <laughs> um, so this pent-up aggression, I'm sure, is, you know, Jim Drury uh, would coach his guys to um, just let it all out when they got on the mat, and apparently they were doing this. So... Uh, this song was a huge hit. That, yes, it was. You know, in the late 70s and early 80s, there was a lot of country crossover songs that went, and Kenny Rogers was like the king of that. Um, so it only went to number three because it was stuck behind a couple of classics like Captain and Tennille, Do That To Me One More Time, and a song I'll talk about later. But let's listen to a little bit of Coward of the County, Kenny Rogers. Son, my life is over, but yours has just begun. Promise me, son, not to do the things I've done. Walk away from trouble if you can. Good lessons to live by. It won't mean you're weak if you turn the other cheek. I hope you're old enough to understand. Son, you don't have to fight to be a man. And that fight would not happen until they started pushing around Becky, if I remember right. Yes, right. And so I, I was kind of reading the, because I'd never really listened to the lyrics too much until today. And it talks about the Gatlin boys. Uh, that's who he fights. He goes to the bar and fights the Gatlin boys. And the, the guy that wrote the song says, This is not, we're not talking about the Gatlin brothers at all. Because it talks about the three <laughs> Gatlin boys. I and he not. completely denies that it was <laughs> about them. But Larry Gatlin, I guess, did an interview on the Adam Carolla show. And he said it was definitely about them. I guess this oh, songwriter, wow. for some reason, uh, the, the songwriter, I don't have his name, also wrote Lucille, which won, like, I think, a Grammy Award for country, country music or something. And Larry Gatlin went up to him at the show and said, you know, congratulations on winning that award. And I guess the songwriter, just he told Gatlin, he said, F off. Oh, wow. Um, Gatlin, Gatlin's like, well, I mean, I, I don't even know this guy. I just congratulate Wow, me. who knew? Um, and then, like, a year later, uh, this song comes out on the radio about the Gatlin brothers. Um, wow. The Gatlin boys. But, yeah, the songwriter says it was not about the Gatlin brothers. But, you know, I've uh, always, Larry does not believe that. I've always, I'm looking at the lyrics, and there are a lot of lyrics in this song. I mean, it tells a whole oh, story. Oh, it tells a whole story. Yeah. I, I I had this 45, actually. How long is this song? Goodness. It is. Uh, <laughs> Fine, I'll get that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find it here, too. Let's see. It's uh Two four two fifty plus one thirty, so That's what, it. Three, yeah. almost four minutes. Um, I always wondered. Speaking of the Gatlin brothers, a question I've always wondered, and I'm sure I could probably look this up and find it somewhere. The other Gatlin brothers couldn't have been happy when they were the Gatlin brothers band, and then they became Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin brothers right. band. I, they they couldn't have liked that. Yeah. No. No. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so interesting story there Deep thoughts. Um, with with the Gatlin brothers. So let's get back to this wrestling team. That's what you guys are here for is to hear about this dominating winter they have. So um, we're going to get into the postseason now. And 
at this point, you started, we've talked about it in other episodes, in the 70s, you started at what was called districts, which was similar to the, the regionals. And we had a, a great showing at districts. We had several advanced to the sectional. Uh, so let me go through some of those guys and also go through how they did in the NEC meet. So at 126, John Sumner, um, this was his record uh, after districts. He's got a 14-8 and eight record. And he was the NEC runner-up. I'm sure he lost a guy from Lawrenceville because I think Lawrenceville maybe had an undefeated guy at 126. And he was the runner-up at District also, probably lost to a Lawrenceville guy, I'm sure. Um, Jim Strange, 22-6 um, and six record. Of course, District runner-up and NEC runner-up because we know he's running to Ricky Wagner every right. time yep. in the finals. Uh, Ray Price, first year ever wrestling. And Jim Drury just couldn't say enough good things about him. Never wrestled in his life. Uh, tw- um, other than Carl, you know, his older brother, Carl on the living room floor wrestling. That's about the most experience that Ray had, but came in 22 and seven district champion, NEC champion. Wow. Um, Tracy Brett, Tracy best there at 167, um, 24, four and one Gee. record. And, and I know that one draw was against Lawrence because that like, we didn't like, we didn't win any, win any matchups in that dual meet, but we did have that draw there. Um, and he was district champ and NEC champ, so I guess the guy from Lawrenceville he had uh, wrestled to a draw with, he defeated him uh, districts and in NEC. Um, Mike Allender, uh, a 14-10-1 record, district champ and NEC runner-up. And then Larry Akers, 27-0 um, and 0 after districts. Wow. Um, has a career record of 92-21. and 21. He was, of course, if he's 27-0, and 0, he was a district champ and the NEC champ, and I guess he also would have beaten the Lawrenceville guy in the duel. So I guess we did have one win in that um, in that duel meet. So we have six guys uh, going on to sectionals and to advance to state then. It's the top three in each weight class will go to state. Unfortunately, Jim Strange was our only wrestler to advance to the state tournament. He got a third place at district. Um Akers uh, lost in the semifinals, his first loss of the season to Rex Rao from Hillsboro. Uh, we know they have a powerhouse uh, wrestling program over there at Hillsboro where the Hughes boys are from. And um, Then he – let me see. He was then back in the wrestle back again, and then he got – he made it to the third-place match and then lost to Danny Rosenthal from Mount Olive. So you, um, Akers need, just missed a trip to Assembly Hall. If you need to find out what a wrestleback is, you're going to have to – I don't know which show it was. <laughs> Listen to all of them. I think it was we, the 8081. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it. I think Raymond Price is involved in a wrestleback next season. Um, and then Jim – so Jim Strange is going to uh, Champaign. Nice. State wrestling meet. Um he would lose in the prelims, unfortunately, to Jack Sale from Monticello. And then he was blocked out of the wrestlebacks because Sale lost in the quarterfinals. So I guess if the guy you lose to loses or he has to at least make it to the semifinals or something to you're for out. you to get back in. So you're kind of depending on someone else to be successful then. So what a, what, um, what so a unique position to be in. Really, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like. I guess it's kind of like you're in the clubhouse. It's kind of one of those type of positions, you know, waiting to see how the rest of the tournament yeah. uh, and golf. All right, so that's all that that does it with wrestling. So um, another great season. I will tell you. Um, let me get to one. I'll get to a little bit with the movies here that were going on at that time. 
Um, when wrestling season was first getting started over at the plaza, we had Animal House, of course, a classic movie, classic. and start starting over. And then the new moon was playing Sweet Agony and uh, Femme de Sade. And I did not yeah. know these movies. I looked them up, and they were both um, they were both X-rated movies. At oh, the new moon, oh really? Which became the Showplace Cinema. So I didn't write it. I was reading about this. I guess the Femme de Sade was about some seven-foot guy in San Francisco, and he was going around uh, uh, killing the women of San Francisco. And at the end, they all uh, gang up and get revenge on him in a multitude of ways. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, very, um, so yeah, I was so, kind of, I just kind of surprised. So it was, an was X, basically an X-rated theater. X-rated must have been because of violence, I bet. Wait, I was going to say, I, I remember that. Well, I didn't go into all the X-rated things. In there. I, was, I was keeping it very <laughs> oh, okay. clean for the show. You'll have to go to the Wikipedia page for more information on that. I, I remember well, I'm, re- I'm reading right now. The, dry, the drive-in and uh, out in Westport used to have X-rated violent like violent x-rated movies when i was a kid you know dave i'm glad you just said that because i had completely forgotten i saw in the paper later in this year about the vincent's drive-in and yeah. i could not think where that was yeah now it's there in westport yeah. now i totally remember that hey just in, interesting you you said that they're playing national Lampoon's animal house the release date on that according to imdb is july 28th so I wonder if it just was a slow release and then just grew. I wonder. Yeah, or they—I don't know if they were getting back then. They were getting movies late, or um, because I would think that. Well, um, they on a three million dollar budget, Animal House only did two hundred seventy-six thousand dollars on uh, on opening weekend, but their worldwide okay. gross was uh, over one hundred forty-one million. So I bet it so started real slow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I had a one of my would have been would have been my first been my second cousin, whatever my mom's first cousin. They were visiting here from Ohio, and she was like a senior in high school, and she took me to see Animal House as a young fifth grader, and uh, shouldn't have, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> was that in November? Was that around Thanksgiving that they were in town? Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah, so right around the time the wrestling yeah. team's getting practice going right. was, when, was what that's what Brian was doing at that time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and I should have. I mean, I was trying every search, um, searching all type of words. I don't think November, December they got a school board um, report up in the Daily Record, which is very disappointing. But I will go through one school board. I have the January um, report here and a couple of other things to to add well i can tell you right um, Derek, now my school board's going to make up for it because the the march school board is chock full of information that and i so i got a couple school related notes from that time uh, as gary said uh, it's mentioned again they're they're discussing looking into other conferences to join um mr rice mentioned that in an article in the paper and then Robinson was inquiring on joining, but I think I'll, we'll find out later. They and we well, we know they were denied. They were not. They NEC voted not to expand. And then uh, the DAR and SAR awards, the Good Citizenship Awards, were given out to a couple of seniors. Uh, Jerry Abernathy and Ted Buchanan were your Good Citizenship Award winners, voted on by this the faculty, uh, the teachers, and the students voted on that. So congratulations to Jerry and Ted. On those awards and the so I'll get into the January board meeting a little bit here. Um, big news! Uh, so Brian's in fifth grade and just 
finished up at Seed School. Mrs. Crawford, the fourth grade teacher, Maxine. is resigning effective February 2nd. So mm. um, did not make it through the year. I was at Seed School that year, but I do not remember another teacher. I don't know who finished out the year. Um, and then, uh, so if you were class of 88 at Seed School and you know who uh, filled in for Mrs. Crawford for the remainder of the school year, uh, let us know that. So um, well, I guess Tom Tool, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> yeah. let us Tom, know. Tom, when who, you um, yeah, when you when you uh, call in with your or give us a message <laughs> on Facebook of your guest for the Mystery Voice, let us know that information. Um, and then uh, a, a big hiring, Jane Harper uh, was hired as a Title One teacher. She had been an aide before that, so she's officially hired on as a full time teacher at Red Hill, and. Um, it, and also at that meeting, uh, Mr. Rice and Mr. Kimmel, um, explore, we know he's our new AD and assistant principal, Mr. Kimmel, as Gary talked about. They're exploring forming a new conference. They're talking to Casey, Marshall, Oblong, Cumberland, Martinsville about maybe starting this new conference. Well, we know that would eventually become the Little Illini, but Red Hill would not be part of that in the, in the early years, uh, but would join it about 20 years later. They would join the Little Illini. So that's a little bit from the January board meeting. I'll get to the February board meeting later, but let's get into some girls basketball. So we talked about this season. We talked about this season. Um, If you go back to the Susan Wright episode, uh, Susan is class of 1980. So this would have been her senior year of basketball, and it was a fabulous season. So we do go into that um, on that episode, but I'll kind of cover some points of some of the things we have mentioned before, but um, I'll go over and maybe some new new bit. Bits of information here. So back then they started the season a little bit later. They would start like in they play January, February, and March back then. Um, and Susan talks about a lot of these teammates on the. I went back and listened to that part of the podcast just to review it. Great. And she podcast. did a great job on there of giving credit to everybody from Jody Moan, who was you know the second leading scorer on the team, to the person at the end of the bench giving credit to every single girl on that team. Talked a lot. How of, they contributed. Talked a lot about set people setting screens and getting her open and and uh, yeah was very humble and and just a great listen. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, uh, you know, please, I think you would. Whether you're a girls basketball fan or if you like, I, I think I even said in the episode, if you've never even heard of Susan Wright before uh, until we started doing this podcast, I think you'd be very impressed when you listen. So. Uh, as we know, Mr. Tugall is the head coach and had a great run there with the girls' basketball team. It was a, a fabulous season. Now, I so I, when I was listening to that Susan Wright, I, I mentioned, you know, you guys really upped your schedule. You played a 28-game schedule. I don't know where I got that information. I couldn't find it again, but I mu- it must have been in something I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I assume that um, – now, Burgett, the, the, the kid that was running cross country, is also writing for the Daily Record now. And oh, wow. he would never – yeah, <laughs> he would uh, never uh, – list the record of the team or rarely list the record. So I was never, I was having a hard time finding what their, or what their season record was. Uh, but I do know they were the NEC champions that year and they were the regional champions, which I'll get into a little more in a moment. And we're only five to six years into the program. And, and then the net, they're one year away from 16. So this is, so two goals really got it rolling and it sure helps to get two D one players on your team though at the, uh, class A level. Uh, so Susan, we know, would go on to play at SIU. And then Jody Moen, just a sophomore in this team, but had a tremendous season. Um, she would go on to eventually play Indiana State. So um, with two D1 players, it doesn't 
I, I don't care if it's 1980 or 2021 at the class, the class a level, you can do some major damage uh, with that talent as when the other players know their roles. Uh, spoiler alert, they're going to win the regional. Um, and then when they go into the sectional, they went into that game at 21 and six. Okay. That's where I got my 28. That's where I got the 28 from. Okay. So here's your roster. Susan Wright, uh, Jody Moan was a sophomore on that team. Janice Bushy, I think was, uh, she was usually you know, like one of the leading scorers. Uh, she was also a sophomore on that team. Melissa Sims. I know she's got at least one more year left. Cause we talked about her in the 80, 81 podcast. Uh, Julie Ulrich had a big season. She may have been the third leading scorer. Teresa Holmes, I think, is part of that great sophomore class. She would go up and have a huge career. Uh, Deb Steer, I believe, is a junior. Rhonda Fornshell, who was mentioned on the, was a great ball handler. Uh, Jane Swill, Jane's Willing. I think Julie Smith has come in as a freshman. Sherry Adamson. And there's also on the JV team, I saw some names, just last names. So if you know who these are, Clark, if you're out there, Hill, Stoltz. And um, can't read my writing for that last one, but your last name starts with an L. <laughs> so if your last name starts with an L and you were on the JV team and you contact me, I will give you a Grace gift card for 10 bucks. You'll get a cheeseburger. So you ask me that person, though, that contacts me. And, and then I will gladly buy your uh, buy how, your burger next time. How long, how long is it? I'm going to say either latch or <laughs> louder milk. No, no, <laughs> it looks like L.A. Lancaster, Lancaster. Uh, Chip, buy right, yourself so, a cheeseburger. So yeah, see, so she, she, yeah, she's still eligible for that. She uh, contacts me because I don't know your first name. That's what I want to know. It only said your last name in the JV box score. So and then Susan Wright, like we said, t- average twenty-eight point two per game points. Wow, sixteen point three rebounds a game. She had 149 assists on the season, 110 steals. She finished her career with 1,461 points, including her sophomore year, I believe, a 52-point effort that year. So, um, but let, let's talk team now. So, they a big statement win, I, and that's the term that Mr. Tugall used, a statement win. I think Mount Carmel came in favored, and then they put it to him 70-51. to 51. Uh, nice. t- 27 from Wright, 16 from Moan, 10 from Bushy. Um, a, a win over Oblong sent them to 4 0, 72 38 win. Triple double from Susan Wright. I didn't oh, mention wow. that on the podcast. 38 points, 15 rebounds, and um, I assume 10 assists. I didn't say, I since it's, I assume since I didn't mark it, I assume that's 10 assists. Yeah. But who knows? Could have been blocked shots, but I think it was 10 assists there. And Brian, what'd you say that record was twenty-one and six? Yep, that that's what they went okay. into the yeah. So they ended up twenty-one and seven. Twenty-one and seven. So I didn't find a lot of the losses in my. It was mainly just the uh, um, Burgett was covering the wins extensively. Uh, I do know we had a loss to Lawrenceville on February fourth, a hard-fought battle, fifty-three, fifty-two. But we would go into avenge that loss in the regional. So um, let me see here. I believe that was the Sandy Martin-led Indians. I don't think she had graduated. Yeah, I think, I think she would have graduated a year, yeah, a year or two yeah, before. I think, that, right. I, yeah. I think it was a Gosnell that was their, that was their top player on that team. Yeah. So, okay, I see where I got yeah, this Sandy, Yeah, so Sandy would, was two years older, I think, than, than Susan. 
So they would go on to uh, be regional champs in that 50-49 to 49 win over Lawrenceville. So Susan mentioned in the episode, she remembers that night vividly. Very intense night in the gym. Fans fans screaming. Uh, I believe her, she said, cuss words being uh, being shouted out uh, from the uh, from the stands. So, uh, and then um, that was coming off a, a semifinal win, 52-33 over Powson. So we're regional champs. Our first regional in school history for girls basketball, and Brian was quoted on that episode. Our own Brian Emmons, he remembers being in fifth grade at that time, and just Red Hill won a regional. I mean, that, yeah. that's what he was thinking at that time. Like, we won a regional. Like, yeah. we don't that was something he was not used. Yeah, to We don't do it. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, a huge deal to do that to beat your county rivals uh, while you're at it in a young program. In the early days, was just kind of playing. Was kind of a a club, a club team to where Mr. Tugall has taken it now. So um, a great winter for them. And then, of course, we get to the sectional semifinals. And who's waiting for us there at the sectionals? T-Town. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, T-Town's waiting there at the sectionals. They've they've been the roadblock so many times for, for all the local stars. Um, so Susan Wright was blocked by T-Town of getting to the uh, Supers. We know Mandy Cunningham was blocked three times by T-Town. Tyra Buss never made it to the Supers uh, down at Mount Carmel. They were blocked by T-Town. Brittany Johnson over at Olney was always blocked by T-Town. So, uh, yeah, they're just, I mean, kudos to program that they've built there over the past 40 years. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, what they're, they're, they're not a flash in the pan. It's been going on no. a long time. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know so, what else has been uh, going on a long time? Business um, in State Bank. <laughs> business in Bridgeport, and if you need uh, if you need to find good business in Bridgeport, if you want banking needs, it's People State Bank. Insurance, of course, it's Andrews Insurance Agency. If you want great food, you can go to Gray's Restaurant and the Pizza House. And if your business would like to sp uh, sponsor the Old School Red Hill Podcast and let us help spread the word, just get a hold of one of us: David King, Chip Jamerson, Gary, or Brian Emmons on Facebook, and we can get you that information we're by no means trying to get rich here uh but uh, we'd we'd uh we'd like to help spread the word at a very economical price um we got about what eh, give or take 500 listeners every episode so we can help get the word out so let us know and i'm sure that this basketball team the power ballad we're all power ballad fans in here oh i uh, was really born in the late 70s and sticks was the team was the was the band that really gets a lot of credit for inventing the power ballad. I'll tell you what, this is definitely one of my favorite songs from that from this maybe you'd say the '70s because that's when it came out. Uh, I know it fed, bled into the '80s, but uh, definitely one of my favorite songs from that decade. I'm sure um, Teresa Holmes and Melissa Sims would be listening to the song after another after. A win after another win. So let's listen to their um, their biggest hit. I'll say it, <laughs> "Babe" by Sticks. Babe, I'm leaving. I must be on my way. The time is drawing near. This is the vocal stylings of Dennis DeYoung, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, it is. Amazing voice. Love the need your tears 
I'm getting goosebumps because I know that chorus is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so please be. And we're gonna we're gonna hang in there till it does. <laughs> the rest of the band should start. Here we go. I know I sound like an old guy when I say <laughs> stuff like this. They don't do this anymore. No, they don't. And and I'll t- if you um, if you're interested at all, if you go to Dennis DeYoung's YouTube channel, he started doing during the pandemic. He started doing like some things from home where he'd sit at his piano and sing. His voice, and he's in his seventies now. Is it really hasn't lost much? So I, I read up on he's really. I mean, he really took care of his voice. A lot of you know that. Things, you know, bad habits that lead singers get into, life choices and so forth that eventually uh, don't have quite the vocals when they're in their 60s and 70s. Like he, from his 20s, teens and 20s, he took care of his voice to make sure at 73 or whatever that he'd still have those pipes and he still does. So, yeah, yeah, go listen to Dennis sing some of these hit songs on his YouTube channel. Okay, all right. Don't get mad. And then at at the movie theater, um, the Plaza was playing The Jerk, uh, of course, Steve Martin movie. And uh, Star Trek, Star Trek Part One. Oh wow! Um, not called oh, wow. Part One, just Star Trek. And the New Moon was still playing X-rated movies. I thought maybe it was just <laughs> a thing that they um, were um, they were just trying out for a while. But so I didn't really look up the the premise of the other ones. What was that, la- that? What was that last one called? I was looking up Animal House's opening weekend, and I. Um, Fem Desade. Okay. So F E M M E D E S A D E. Um, so, um, I know I went to go, I think in 81, I saw the jazz singer at the new moon. Um, so I know this didn't last, but more than another year, because a year later I was watching the jazz singer there. I know I was in the new moon for that. So, um, yeah, it's something they tried out. And, um, so those are the popular movies at this time. Okay. And got one more school board meeting. I'll go over before I get into boys basketball here. So, at the February school board meeting, uh, Mr. Warren Miller, who was the principal at the junior high, he had a recommendation. Warren P. See what Miller. you guys think of this. Okay. Um, he thought the school buses should carry a box containing some hand tools, some jumper cables, a flashlight on the school buses. So he thought the school buses should start carrying those things with them. And um, the board was very receptive to that. Hey, so two, <laughs> two things. <laughs> One, I'm shocked that they weren't already doing that. Oh, I, yes. I was about to say, why, why wasn't that stuff on there? <laughs> the other thing is, why is this Warren P. Miller's business? Why is he interjecting himself into this? Yeah, I I don't know, but um, and does that so, have to be called? In, does it have to be called out in a public forum? Um, yeah, and, and and I know principals had give their report every month, so I assume that was just in his report. Nothing that needed to be voted on or anything, but he just was because I, I guess a bus broke down and they had to go out and fix the bus, and I guess they needed one little hand tool to crank something. So he's like, you know, if this bus driver would have had this hand tool, it could have saved us a lot of time of having to come out uh, here fix the bus. Um, he would have had a wrench. I, why, mean, I think the guy needed a wrench. So why do I think that Lynn Jamerson, <laughs> Ray Wagner, and Harry Rice were rolling their eyes when that speech was going on? Well, and so 
you know, Dave's a young school bus rider at this time, so uh, he'd only been riding the bus for about six months. But so for the rest of David King's career, the buses did, I believe, have the tools on them. And before that, um, as a as a big time farmer, you know he had that stuff in his backpack. No, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, um, they don't get much more handy than me, so <laughs> carrying it from a young age. So. <laughs> um, not a lot else. That, that was probably the big story of the February board meeting. Not a lot else. I guess I guess the big vote was the they had taken a poll because payday at Red Hill for the longest time. I think they may have changed it by now, but um, teachers were paid once a month. A lot of districts do. You get paid twice a month. And so they did a vote to see if they wanted to change this. Uh, 48 teachers wanted to move to twice a month, uh, 41 to stay at once a month. So it was about a split vote. 27 just did not care. They just voted, click the third box. It didn't really matter to them how you do it. So they did put it to a vote, and it was a six-to-one vote to keep it once a month getting paid. They went against the teachers' recommendations on that. Mm. Um, Gary Wells was the lone um, no vote on that, so he thought he, he agreed with the two times a month. Okay. I was voted down by James K. Worstel and others. So that's the February board meeting. Like I say, not I know Brian's got all the juice coming at his board meeting. I got I've got a jam-packed now, school board meeting coming up. All right. So we'll let well, let me get into the boys' basketball season here. And and you know when, when when we set the stage, when we talk about whether it's in the Robert Clymer band music episode. Um, in, in some of the other episodes, like this is my prime time right here. These, these teams of sitting up there and watching, watching Red Hill basketball from our seats. Yeah, I was there. I mean, I remember some of the 78, 79 season when I've been in kindergarten, um, with, um, because I, I remember watching like Greg Smith play. I can clearly yeah. remember watching Greg Smith play. So he graduated in 79. So that's the first team I really remember going to their games. But this is the first team, I'm in first grade now, that I really remember going to a lot of the games. I've got scorebooks at home. This is the year I learned how to keep score um, from some of these games where I'd have my scorebook and um, and, and, and I was going to compare my scorebook. I got the Lawrenceville Red Hill game. I know I got that game. I was going to compare my work against the actual box score. I forgot to do that. But, yeah, these these are big time. Um, and yeah, at this age, I don't know a lot of what's going on, but I'm there, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm loving it at this time. Well, and I'm not only loving – I mean, I'm loving the, the Rangerettes. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the band. I'm loving it all. I'm loving the, the RC and kick. The Rolos, I am on. I'm. This is my time. Tuesday and Friday nights. Oh my god! Yeah, the, and these pop so girls good. very similar to the Rangerettes. I think that might be. A, I don't know a little because Gary mentioned like somebody who was like a lead Rangerette who I didn't think was on my list here. So there might be some minor differences here, but we'll give these girls another uh, get get their name out there again. So Julie Rankin, Cheryl Holmes, Lori Shavstall, Sarah Gillespie, Carol Woodruff, Dorothy Piper, Connie Pimbleton, uh, Susie Fox, Bobby Roark, uh, big fan on the. Um, on the on the page, hey Bobby. Uh, Nikki Mills. You'll you'll see a lot from Nikki Mills if you go to the uh, Growing Up Bridgeport page. She's all over, and she's on our page a lot too. Uh, Linda Dunlap, Jerry Abernathy, who was the Good Citizenship Award, award winner, and Marla Eckes, who I believe is Logan Fiscus's mom. So uh, they were the pom pom girls, and your cheerleaders that winter wore were Norma Smith, Julie Griffin. Don't know if she's related to Tyler. Uh, Julie Schubert from Gray Street, of course. Lori Latch, the homecoming queen, and Terry Laughlin, who I know was mentioned somewhere on this podcast. Maybe she was up for homecoming queen. 
So that's your palms and cheerleaders. So preseason article. So this team was coming off of that team that I first started. It was a 1-21 team uh, the year prior. I still can't so, believe that. Yeah. Um, so um, now coach coming off of a 1-21 season, Coach Ray said we had 52 kids come out for the team. Um, he wasn't expecting wow. to have to cut, but actually had to cut kids from the high school team that year with 52 out. Um, had a difficult time evaluating each one of them, but he gave every kid a fair chance to make the team. He said in his eight years at Red Hill, it's the hardest thing he ever had to do was to cut those potential players. Um, now, that 1-21 season, what I didn't realize from that team when I was watching – when I was watching guys like uh, Greg Smith play, was that um, Terry McAdow didn't play his junior year. So part of the reason we struggled that season, I we sorta, didn't have Terry McAdow. I sort of remember him not – And I, well, I was too little. I, I, I do remember that there was a reason, and I, I don't know what it was. So this is a so this is a big deal. We've got the six foot four McAdow uh, back back out for the team, and he would have a great season after sitting out last year. Uh, Barry Hughes was also academically ineligible the year before, and he's back out, but he didn't really contribute at all this season. So that year out really really hurt him. Uh, Berkeley was out. He was just a freshman the year before, and really didn't contribute a lot on this team. But he was another player that didn't get to play the year before after a standout junior high career for Dennis Dixon and Dennis Bowser down to junior high. As we know, Richard Dixon's helping out um, as the assistant coach this year. Uh, Joe Kurtz is a returning starter, the six-foot playmaking guard, Joe Kurtz. Chuck Rousey started as a freshman and averaged 11-7 and seven as a freshman. Wow. So he's obviously um, looking for big things from him this year. Um, Doug Shanks can be a little late to the – he had a um, football injury, so but he's one he's catching up. Um, Delvin Cessna, you'll hear his name throughout this. Um, had had a he's a senior on this squad. Jeff Hawkins from the football season, um, he's he's back. And uh, Bill Hughes was one that came off the bench the year before that they're looking for him to step up a little more this year. Kelvin, so, Kelvin Coach Ray really says the um, Kelvin Cessna not listed. Kelvin's not listed. I don't think he went out this season. I huh. think um, his junior year may have been his last year playing. Um, so other players, Kevin Hessler, Brad Holmes, Dave Pank, Brad Ulrich, um, were also listed on the varsity roster. I know some of these guys were not on the roster at the end of the season. So, and that happens a lot of seasons. You don't always start with the same group you finish with. Yeah. Uh, that's why I always liked in the daily records, they'd always take like a new team picture for like before regionals. So you had like the team that was um, that was ending the season with Rick Fox. I don't think I mentioned him. The six-two leaper um, was was back for this year. So uh, they say the NEC is really up for grabs this year. Carmi is listed as probably the favorites. Um, there's Lawrenceville lost a lot. They're saying so they're not expected to be near the top of the conference this year with all of their losses even though they dominated for years before. So Coach Ray thinks with Kevin McAdow back and all these returning guys, we got a shot to um, really um, make, you know, make some noise in NEC this year since there's not really that dominant team that you may have been accustomed to. So let's get into that season a little bit here. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, we started off with the Thanksgiving tournament, and that tournament included um, Oblong, Edwards County, 
and Palestine, I believe, was the the tournament. Um, and then it was a three-way tie. Uh, Edwards County was the favorite coming in, so we knocked them off on Saturday night. And um, we finished two and one the tournament. Uh, Oblong finished two and one, and Edwards County finished two and one. So that win, while we did not win the tiebreaker, we prevented Edwards County from winning the. So we kind of played spoiler there. Oblong did win the tournament because it was based on point spread tiebreaker, and Oblong did win that little fourteen round robin tournament. In that tournament, uh, Macadell averaged fifteen a game, Kurtz twelve a game, Rousey nine a game, and Cessna seven points per game. So we're two and one right now. We got about a week off, and the next Friday we go down to Carmi. Not an easy trip and not an easy place to play. And that place, this is 1979, December of 79, so we know, these, we know what these gyms looked like. Right. Back then. This place was comple- completely packed. Um, to play the NEC favorites, Coach Ray listed them as NEC favorites, and went down there and got a W Whoa. at Carmi. Big win. So we're 3-1. We're and one. Hughes, who they were hoping would come on as a junior this year. They needed him to step up. Well, he came on for 20 points down at Carmi. Um, and then um, – so we moved to 3-1, 1-0 in the conference. We don't seem to go real deep on this team. Shank and Hawkins are coming off the bench, along with your starting five of McAdell, Kurtz, Rousey, Cessna, and Hughes. Uh, that's pretty much your seven that would pretty much um, contribute throughout the season. Um so let's take a break for a moment from that and get into a little junior high basketball. Um, they actually played the round robin tournament back in December then. I always knew it was a late October tournament. When I got to junior high, we played it in late October to open the season. But they played – now this was a team you've heard – these were the class of 84 guys. So this is Keith Frohawk's group. They had a really good season. I don't have a lot of junior high in here, but I thought – throw a little bit in, but some names that you're familiar with when we get into like 83, 84, some names you'll hear a lot more. Uh, Keith Brock, we might have an episode with him sometime, Brian. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned him enough. Uh, Bobby Lytus, uh, Doug Grismer, um, Thomas, I believe that Darren Thomas, Darren Thomas. Uh, Brian. Uh, Darren would go on to have a good wrestling career, I think, but was a pretty good basketball player, it looked like, back in junior high. Jimmy Medlin, of course, class of 84, Gary Skaggs, um, Todd Bushy, Jerry Worth, Kelly Blair, uh, one of the Krowski boys, don't know his first name, a Moore. Brian. Uh, a, a, okay. A Davis, is that Scott? Was Scott class of 84? Scott Davis. Yep. Um, Preston, is that Fred? Was he 84? Fred Preston, yep. And then one of the Beard boys was um, Danny. in the uh, – Okay, so there's your junior high team that would win the round robin. So uh, they went undefeated there. Other things I saw that season, they were able to – they um, knocked off um, Lawrenceville – uh, wasn't wasn't an eight class of eighty four wasn't or eighty five really weren't real big strong classes at Lawrenceville, but it's always nice to beat them in, in the in that atmosphere that we've talked about several times. Eighty eight sixty six, so definitely not a major. I mean, we were never in the game, but lost eighty eight to sixty six. Uh, sophomore Doug Novsek did go for twenty nine, and freshman Marty Simmons went for seventeen. So. Yeah, I know they lost a lot, and they weren't expected to do much in the conference, but I think Coach Ray may have undersold this Lawrenceville team a little bit because they had an amazing season yeah, in 79-80. Yeah. Uh, but that night, we had three in double digits, McAdow 16, Rousey 15, and Kurtz 14. Um, so we're sitting now, this is going into Christmas, because I'm not going to go through every – you can't do that in a basketball season. We're sitting at 4-3 and three right now, and we're 1-2 and two in the NEC. Decent we start. go down to the El Dorado Tournament. Um 
And we did. We won one and lost two down there. We lost, we lost to Mounds Meridian and Car- Carmi got revenge big time, beat us by thirty some points that night. And we were able to beat Johnston City. So um, I love that Red. This El Dorado tournament still today is one of the most storied um, holiday tournaments in Illinois. I wish Red Hill would have not gotten out of that. Yeah. Um, but for several years in the seventies and early eighties, did go down to to El Dorado. So now we're sitting at around um, around fi- a couple games under five hundred going into the winter of 1980. Um, now, one thing that I'm – so we're, we're, we're talking – so we're wrapping up the El Dorado tournament here. Uh, one piece of trivia I throw out sometimes is okay. what was the last number one song of the decade of the 70s? It was also the number one song on my seventh birthday. That's a great and question. So the last – so remember this. If you're in some trivia contest, this, is this good. might come no, up. This is good, yeah. Uh, Rupert Holmes, Escape, but you bet you know it better as the Pina Colada song was the final. While we're down at El Dorado, this was the number one song and the last number one of the decade. As familiar a song as there is. Yeah. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Good storyteller, Rupert Holmes. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. This is a song that you hear really, I mean, especially if you got Sirius XM, you hear this song a lot. Oh, yeah. If you're not into yeah. yoga. Yeah, this, 41 years later, this song is not, is still out there if a lot. Like Great song by Mr. Holmes. Chip, uh, question. What's your sure. second favorite Rupert Holmes song? Yeah, I, I do not know that. <laughs> I don't either. Is there one I should know? Did no, you look I, don't, I don't think okay. so. No, I should have been yeah. ready for that, but um, I can't imagine that uh, Rupert had anything else that we know, but I'm going to take a look here real fast. Rupert Holmes. Of course, Pina Colada is going to be listed first and second. Him by his album Partners in Crimes listed third, and then Pina Colada song again on his greatest hits is listed fourth. So let's just take a quick listen to him. By Rupert Holmes. Skip ahead. And now we know why so he's... I know that song. You do? I don't. <laughs> I think you do. No, I don't. <laughs> And maybe I think we're all yeah, maybe I don't. I, I think don't. I think we're all safe. We understand why uh, escape was uh, the biggie, but great yeah. song. So a few other uh, highlights throughout the season. It's kind of nice. The Dog Tales book kind of does some of my homework for me here. I talked about the big road win at Carmen. I think that was if you ask Joe Kurtz or Terry McAdow or Chuck Rousey, any of those guys, Delvin, I'm sure they would tell you that that was probably the highlight of the season um other highlights that season um a big win over mount carmel mount carmel i always consider our second biggest rival um in any sport even if even on football where we at this time we're not and and throughout the years had very little success until a couple wins in the 90s over them uh but a big win at mount carmel they overcame a 10 point deficit mcadow hit for 16 that night big ten a big a big overtime win um, against Flora. A sophomore Chuck Rousey um, scored 18 to lead the way. 
Uh, this is right before Flora got really good. Um, and Rousey was kind of the, he was the top defensive player on this team. Often wasn't one of the leading scorers. He would step up into that role next year, as we know. And then the big Friday-Saturday night tandem where you got to play Flora and Salem back-to-back. We're all aware of that. But this is an even-numbered year, so this is where you don't have to go to Salem. Salem comes to you on Saturday night, which we usually fare better, and we did. We swept Flora and Salem that weekend. Oh, wow. Uh, so they, had, they were on a four-game skid and then got those back-to-back wins over Flora and Salem as we're getting ready to head into regionals. Because as we know, we end with Olney and Mount Carmel. Um and then they would end up losing in double overtime to Mount Carmel to finish out the regular season. Billy Hughes, uh, sixteen point night. So he's, yeah, so this class of you know, he's ready to step into a senior role next year and have another big season. And then, so I'll get into the regional. And then the Lawrence, the other just because people are always interested in the Lawrenceville game. Yeah. That's the big, I want to make sure I highlighted both those. They did get us by forty one the second time we played them, ninety one to fifty. Um, did Doug hey, Nas said. Did Ray ever beat Lawrenceville in felling? I don't think so. Yeah, I, no, I didn't know I, if he I, ever pulled one off or not. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I know they weren't very good, like in the in the mid '80s. I don't know if we, did we. I'm sh- maybe we. And I know he would have been. There would have been John Brooks team. I don't know if John Brooks was able to get a win eventually over yeah, them. But I, yeah, I think we did. But but that wouldn't have been over felling either, though. So right, true. So yeah, yeah we never. I don't think we ever beat felling. Yeah. Period. Okay. Uh, Brooks or Ray in the '70s and in early yeah. '80s. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, oh no, that's fine. Um, uh, Novsek went for 37, the sophomore Doug Novsek, um, and they were calling him the Iceman in the paper. So the Iceman nickname was from, uh, had been around, I was already around at a young age. Um, and then McAdow went for 18 and Cessna for 15. So Delvin really had a, I didn't remember Delvin, you know, I guess I was in first grade, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't realize he had so many double digit games as he did that season. But yeah, that solid starting five, and they were on the floor most of the time. So we go into regionals and, um, we did defeat Palestine in the first round. We won 80 to 58, um, was kind of 50, I think 50 to 40 after three. So somewhat of a close game. Uh, but we have moved on to, that was the regional quarters. We moved on to the regional semifinals. Uh, in that game, McAdow went for 20, Cessna for 15, uh, very similar to what they did in that Lawrenceville game. And now we get into, uh, Allendale regional semifinals. Now you might, this is some, we're playing Allendale. Robinson was the number two seed. Of course, Lawrenceville's number one. Lawrenceville's like 24 and three. They had, like I said, they had a great season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Robinson was expected to roll over Allendale. We're expected to play Robinson, this, which they, I think they had a pretty strong team that year, yeah. Robinson did. But now we get Allendale. So now you're thinking, okay, Here we, we go. definitely go yeah. with a lot more confidence. Sure. Playing Allendale. Nothing against Allendale. Uh, they uh, Allendale was led by Coach Tony Haywood. Um, the Ryan and Brad's uh, dad. So Ryan's down at Lagodi now. Oh, really? Uh, so his dad was was the Allendale head coach. Um, so, uh, but they um, they had knocked off Robinson the night before, and um, got it. And, and mentioned Allendale got the fire trucks and the police escort back into Allendale that night, um, and they. They slowed down the game against Red Hill just like they did against Robinson, and they did come up. Um, they did win. The Allendale Yellow Jackets beat Red Hill 52-47, to 47, so nah. Red Hill did come up short in that game. Um, to They yeah, would have played Lawrenceville in the regional championship the next night, which, hey, yeah, our chances would have been good, but still getting to a regional championship would have been huge for these guys. Um, 
some some post postseason thoughts after the game, talking to the media. Um, McAdow did foul out in the second half. He considered that a turning point. And yet, when your top player fouls out, it's a five point loss. I mean, that's definitely a difference maker there. Sure. Uh, Coach Ray, his quote was, "I want to thank all the seniors for their leadership and dedication. They dedication they've shown this year." They've gotten our program back to respectability because this was a one in twenty-one team. If I know if I know Red Hill like I think I do, I'm sure a lot of people were not happy with Coach Ray after that one in twenty-one season. Um, and this was a great comeback season for him. Yeah, he, they went twelve, finished the season twelve and fourteen, and five and nine in the NEC, so that's respectable. Um, and he was named NEC Co-Coach of the Year. And wow. yeah, so. And he just considered it an honor to go up against, to be able to coach in this league against some of the top teams some and great some of the coaches, top players yeah. in the state of Illinois uh, to be part of that. Um, so we talked about the long story tradition of the NEC earlier, 50-year anniversary of it, and what a great basketball conference it was. So that wraps up a, a good season. And then we know that in the 80-81, since we already talked about it, they did go 8-17 and 17 the next year. So um, they the program never really got to where Coach Ray wanted it. In those, never had a um, a winning season um, in those years. I think he had a 500 season as his first year as head coach. But um, yeah, and so that wraps up the basketball season. I got a few more things to go over here, though. Um, I got some hoop shoot information. If you guys are wondering about that, I was wondering. So okay. yeah, so here's your hoop shoot. So you start off at school, you know, and then you go to the county, and then and then there's districts and there's state. Right. Now, I don't know if uh, Washington School or Seed School, Mr. Jamerson, who usually coordinated that, um, or Sumner School, I don't know if they sent kids to county. Maybe they did. Uh, but if they did, Petty just dominated them because Petty was like – at every every person that placed at county – from from the Red Hill School District wow. was from Petty really? School. So let's go through a little bit of that here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the girls eight nine division, Tracy McAdow from Petty went ten for twenty five, and she actually won the uh, division and advances to the district. She'll be going to Totopolis here in a couple of weeks. Oh boy, that <laughs> district. So Tracy, yeah, <laughs> Tracy McAdow. Um, so uh, you, some of you may know Tracy's younger sister Amanda, Amanda McAdow Lukens. Uh, you may know the her brother who had a great football career, Matt McAdell, uh, but Tracy's the oldest of the three and is getting the McAdell. I mean, the name McAdell, she's probably a lot of pressure on her to perform well at this event yeah. anyway, and she stepped up. Uh, and the girls, t- Sandy Gerber, got second in the 10-11 division. She made six out of 25 that morning. Jumps and over, over the boys, 8-9 division, Jeff Phillips from, of course, Petty School. Uh, went 10 for 25, and I don't know his place. It, maybe second place. Uh, I didn't put that on there. And then the boys' 10-11 division, Chad Roney, of course, of Petty School, yeah. uh, went 11 out of 25. But McAdow was the only one to advance to districts. So she makes the trip to T-Town, going up to uh, Effingham County, and we know it's not easy to go in there, but I don't care what type of event you're playing uh, and it's for any event, but especially basketball. But in hoop shoot, you are uh, there's no defense on you, right? And you kind of you you get in your zone. You can do well. 
McAdow, after her 10 for 25 performance over in Lawrenceville a couple weeks ago, goes 17 out of 25 oh, from wow. the line. Tracy McAdow is heading to state. Oh, in the shoot. I thought some girl from T Town was going to make 26 <laughs> out of 25. No. <laughs> yeah, McAdow is advancing. And so I'm sure the McAdow family is thrilled at this. And the number one, so I'm sure they're going to go to Springfield. They're going to the capital city. And I'm sure as they're making that trip, it's not an easy trip. There's no, as they always say, as a former Springfield resident, there's no easy way no to get to way. Springfield from right. Lawrence County. Uh, but I'm sure this song and that three-hour tour over and over again, the number one song, we heard him earlier. He is He's coming into the 80s uh, on fire, and he's not going to stop. Uh, for the entire decade and that is a young as we said earlier michael jackson the number one song and it spent five weeks at number one rock with you What do you like better rock with you or don't stop till you get enough rock with you i do rock too i you. really like for rock sure. with you. yeah for sure and i've listened to it about four times today and i think i didn't realize i liked it as much as i did until i started listening to it i mean i've obviously i've heard it many times in my life but preparing for the show i like to play the music in my headphones that really gets me into the feel like make me feel like i'm in 1980 and listen to this one a lot so so yeah the mcadelphia they got them all i mean matt would have been Matt's a young, Matt's only one or two at this time. I'm sure the whole family piled into the car. We're heading to Springfield state tournament time. All right. Um, coming off of a 17 for 25 prior, uh, Matt just, she didn't have it that day. She went nine out of 25, which is respectable, but it still finished seventh in the state. So yeah. uh, fourth grader at Petty School, Tracy McIntyre. I don't think she really ever continued her basketball career real deep I was after gonna this. Ask that, yeah. And I'm and I'm not sure how she did after this in the next years, because I don't think I covered it in the last in the eighty eighty one episode. But this is a fourth grader. This is quite a quote that she's making to the daily record. Okay. Um, after that performance, she said, Wait till next year. Oh, I like it. Was her quote to, to the daily record. So <laughs> um I I'm not sure how she did that following year, but I think um yeah, kudos to her. And that's one of the reasons I love doing these episodes. I never would have known that before the Cunninghams, there yeah, was Tracy. We had somebody yeah. kind of uh, laying the groundwork for all the success that the Cunningham girls would have a few, year, few years later. That's awesome. And Brian, it, as, like I said, I think I covered everything. It was a great winter of sports. And let's, let's move on to the spring now. Hey, that sounds good. Before we do, I want to mention that if you are ever interested in sports for Southwest Indiana covering Washington Bar Reeve and then the whole gang of guys cover everything from national stories and you never know honestly what we're going to end up talking about. Todd Lancaster from the Washington Times Herald, Mike DeCourcy, voice of the Vikings, Blake Burkhart of North Davis Cougars, Tyler Schulte, super fan of Bar Reeve and myself. We go at it each and every week on the Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
Well, and if you, and Brian, if you get your podcast from Apple, I think that's the only place where you can really like leave a review. So even if you don't listen on Apple, go on it. If you could leave us a review, that really helps us out a lot. And thank you to Ronnie Cullison for leaving us a five star review and talking oh, about right. Apple, how much he loved our podcast. Uh, Ronnie was class of 90, and we've mentioned him several times on various episodes. And of course, when we get to the Seed School episode, Seed School Basketball Legends, he'll be mentioned a lot on that we may even try to interview him for that show so ronnie i know you're listening you say you listen you've listened to all of them so thanks ronnie maybe reach you we, we might, might be, be calling, calling you, you. <laughs> <laughs> for the um for the seed school legends podcast which we hope to do later this year so brian back to you yeah my first uh my first entry here was the friday march 14th daily record and it was a packed school board uh cinda bell wrote the article and it was during a long Unit 10 school board meeting. Uh, Thursday night, the board approved the renewal of the teachers' contracts for the next school year. And listen to this. a five-and-a-half-hour executive session. The board proposed wow. and passed to extend new contracts to the unit principals. That was Martha Brookhart at Petty, Don Cook, my third-grade teacher, at Washington, Lynn Jamerson, my fourth-grade teacher, at Seed School, Ray Wagner at the K-5-6 Center, Warren P., the aforementioned Warren P. Miller at Sumner Elementary. Was his name really Warren P. Miller, or did we just call him that? No, it was Warren okay. P. Miller, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the P stands for, but it was definitely always in the yearbooks. That's how they listed it. Well, I don't know about now, but back then I had a pretty good idea what the P stood for. Here, here's where we get interesting. I always like to look back into the past and see what people made. Uh, increment pay was revised as follows. The high school head football coach for the 80-81 year is going to make, and basketball coach, actually both of those positions make this, $1,650 is what Bill Huff and Mike Ray was were pulling in back then. Uh, the high school assistant football coach was $1,000. The assistant basketball coach was $1,000. High school head... High school head boys track coach, $900. Assistant track coach, 500 Baseball coach pulls in 900 High school assistant baseball coach, 500 which I, I, that's not bad for 1980-81, really. Um, no. And, and, you know, the head coach only making 400 more than the high school than the assistant. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a pretty good gig, uh, the assistant coach. Yeah, for sure. High school wrestling, Jim Drury pulling down 1400 um, I don't know if his assistant at yet was Gary Huber, but that would have made you 700. High school cross country, 750. Junior high, now we're going to talk about uh, Richard Dixon. He was making 900 as the assistant basketball coach. Junior high head boys basketball coach, 1,200. That'll come into play here in a minute. 800 for the okay. assistant. Junior high track, 600. Uh, girls, junior high girls basketball coach, 1,000. High school girls basketball so, coach, 1,400. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So so Richard Dixon's up at the high school now. Now, I think he had moved from the fifth and sixth grade, so definitely a promotion to the high school. I mean, I, but so Dennis Bowser and Dennis Dick, his brother Dennis Dixon, are making more at the junior high level than he's making as the only assistant on Mike Ray's staff. A, a, a team that had 52 kids go out for the team. Right. Yep. That's exactly okay. right. You, 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 right. You're spot on thus far. Uh, what do you think, John C. Baker? the superintendent of schools was what it was going to make for the 80, 81 school year. 36, five. I, we were, I said 36, five. Well, if this was price is right, you would be wrong. 29,300. 
And he, they put 2200 into his retirement and 150 monthly travel. Gene Moore, the assistant's going to pull down 258 with 1900 retirement and 120 a month travel. Um, salaries were set for the for the principals. Um, Rice at 258, Warren P at 224, Kimmel at 217, and the elementary Principal's increment pay was increased by a thousand on top of their salary schedule. Doesn't list it. Board accepted the resignation of Dennis Dixon as junior high eighth grade coach. Okay. <laughs> Effective at the end of the 79-80 school year. Dixon had coached for 10 years and will continue to be employed in a teaching capacity. The board also accepted the resignation of Dennis Bowser, junior high seventh grade basketball coach. Bowser expressed an interest in a change down to the fifth and sixth grade level. Bowser will continue to be employed as obviously as a teacher. And then the board received a letter from unit teacher Richard Dixon, misspelled in the paper, um, but expressing interest in coaching the eighth grade team. And we all know where we're headed there. Uh, Jamie Andrews got hired as a kindergarten teacher's aide at the fifth okay. and sixth grade center. And so, okay, so Jamie Andrews, so was she still there, Gary? You were coming to kindergarten the next year. Was Jamie any? I know it was a long time ago, Gary. In your recollection, yeah, I have a remembrance of that. It seems like it. Okay. Next up, I've got. I thought this was kind of fun. What school? Um, you've got your choice of the K five six, the Sumner Attendance Center, and Petty School. Which school would you like to know their menu for that week? March, be uh, the week of March twenty first. I want to know what David. Did you mention Washington? I did not. I guess Dave would have been half day, so he yeah, wouldn't have, I would have been in love. So let's see what Brian and I are eating at the K-5-6 yeah. Center. Okay, on Monday, folks, mm. you're going to have macaroni and cheese, green <laughs> beans, fruit salad, oatmeal cookie, peanut butter, of course, bread and milk. On Tuesday, sliced turkey with mashed potatoes and gravy, seasoned mm. peas, mm. not just the plain ones. They're seasoned. <laughs> and, of course, choice of bread, butter, milk. Wednesday, we're taking a trip to Italy. Spaghetti and meat sauce corn <laughs> lettuce salad choice of fruit butter and milk and on friday can anyone take a guess pizza hope tacos we're having a corn dog <laughs> and on the side you're going to have sauerkraut fries and sliced peaches and school cafeterias back then as i've talked about before i never ate at them but I know back then from talking, they were, and there's still some schools where you find it, but it was a lot better food. I mean, they made stuff from scratch back. Then. I know sometimes they throw a corn dog in, but there was they made food from scratch. There was they everything is prepackaged and heated and, and everything. Corn, it was, who said the corn dogs weren't from scratch? Right, yeah, I mean they may have been <laughs> dipping them in batter, <laughs> put them in the deep fryer. As I think I've said, uh, I, I said on another podcast, I always loved institutional food. I still do. I, I like eating at hospitals and cafeterias yeah, and whatnot i well, do now but i didn't realize it was in my 20s unfortunately i missed out on a lot those those, um, rec those rectangle shaped pizza slices that we had yeah those were good the one thing yeah, i remember so good. about the sumner attendance center they didn't drain their spaghetti it was good but oh, you okay. had I, I don't know do you remember this you had a like they yeah, like there was lunch. lots of water standing in the okay. bottom of your container with meat <laughs> yeah, salsa yeah, it was good. But yeah. high school, we had great cooks at the high school. Um, Patsy Hardacre would always, uh, my senior year, would always make sure when they made those, they're like raisin bars and had cream cheese icing on it. Oh, my goodness, they were good. When I was senior hall monitor, 
uh, first hour, she would call me in there and give me a give me a little preview slice of that because she knew how much I loved it. So thank you, Pat. And I know I know country schools are notorious for their great because there's not very many kids there like Washington and Petty. I know those. That was really like a home cooked meal that you get there because my mom when she taught at Petty would talk about the food that they would they would make and of course they'd make extra and get the teachers extra and stuff. I mean here at the school I'm at now, I mean. We, we get about the same amount of kids. It just, I don't know. Things are different now. Well, things were better in the 80s when we came to school cafeterias and many other things. Petty that week went pizza, spaghetti, fried chicken, chili, and hamburger on bun. Now, I'll bet that fried chicken, I bet they were rolling it in flour and put it in a big deep fry. That was not warmed up in a microwave. I'll bet every kid got a nice hot leg out of the. Thursday at Sumner, you had baked beans and weenies. Playing at the show place, uh, or I'm sorry, at the Plaza, was a famous movie, Apocalypse Now, and The Electric Horseman, two pretty pretty famous 70s movies. Red Hill hosted a jumpathon on March 15th. Over 70 Red Hill students participated in a three-hour jumpathon for the American Heart Association. Uh, what do you think they raised, King? $890. $3,300. Oh, wow. What we picked up. Regina Leach and Gina Allspaul um, both raised over $900 each. Uh, Also participating, Amy Holtz, Regina Leach, Tracy Skimmelhorn, Jody Pauly, Tammy Kniep, Kathy Hensley, Kelly Thompson, Kelly Heath, Tracy Roar, Gina Allspaul, Christy Zills, who's been talked about on the uh, 83-84 podcast, Uh, Dennis Dixon, again misspelled, um, they're, they're spelling it D I C K S O N was yeah. the sponsor along with John five, Bev Hurley and Peggy Fox. <laughs> also <laughs> picture in the paper shows a little bit of dancing going on in the, in the boys gym or the West gym. What well, no, what was it called? What was the main gym called the high school? We'll see. It'd be the South the gym. West. West. Yeah, the South, West, yeah. West and East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you mean the two gyms, the girls' gym and the boys' gym were West. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It was in the boys' gym, the big <laughs> gym. Uh, swing your partner. There was singing and dosy doing at all the Unit 10 elementary schools uh, and the high school. Approximately 500 first, second, third, and fourth graders from Petty, Washington, Seed, and the fifth and sixth grade center performed a variety of musical songs um, led by Mrs. Arlie Roberts. Anybody remember? I was going to say Chip would have been right in Participating in that. Yeah, I did not. Now, did they say just third and fourth graders, though? What was it? No, first, first, second, first third, second, third, and yeah. fourth. Okay, so what? So this was a square dancing thing? That was. Uh, I, uh, yeah, where were we at again? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like that. <laughs> I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening real close we just this. We just did a, a really boring three-minute discussion on what direction the gyms were. <laughs> It was at the high school gym. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, as David said, I'm sure I was right in the middle of it. <laughs> but uh, I do not remember it at all. Thank you for participating in the podcast. Uh, Bridgeport gets a new radar gun. Uh, Bridgeport has the only radar gun at this time in the county. Uh, can be used with the police car that is moving. The city has been using the radar gun since it was received early in the month. What's a radar gun cost, Gary Emmons, in nineteen eighty? Oh, it's three ninety nine. One thousand six hundred and eighty dollars. 
uh, Police Chief Rex Lawson uh, estimated it would take less than six months to pay for the unit. So we're going to start writing some tickets. Yes. With, <laughs> with said gun. With said gun. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Red Hill baseball team getting ready uh, for what, what they thought was going to be their season opener. And it was, spoiler alert, it was a very, very wet spring. Uh, in our part of the country, uh, like I said, it was a long time before Lawrenceville even played their first game. It was close to mid to end of April. Uh, Coach Ray is just about settled on his infield with only second base still up for grabs. He has Ron Eck at first. Joe Kurt's going to handle the shortstop position. Kevin Hessler at third. He's still working on his outfield and setting up his uh, catching duties. His pitching staff will focus around Delvin Cessna, a right-hander, and Stuart Murray, a left-hander. Oh, yes, Stuart. So, um, lots of good things coming. Got a pretty good, got a pretty good schedule, or scheduled. Um, again, weather just played played havoc with those guys. My first song, um, I really only had two songs that kind of dominated the uh, the spring. The first one. Pink Floyd with another brick in the wall spent three weeks at number one. We don't need no thoughts control. Iconic song from the boys from England. Um, I thought this was interesting. Hospital rates at Lawrence County Hospital got voted on and an increase. The new daily rate went from a private room, went from $88 to $97 a day. Semi-private room went from 84 to 92.50. And a ward room went from 80 to 88, which cracks me up to think that there was what's, wards. What's, uh, what's that same room go for today? According to the Beckett <laughs> Hospital Review in 2020, the average daily cost was $2,350 per day. Okay. So thank you for asking that question. Big, big increase. <laughs> As we talk, Susan Wright inked a deal to go to SIU. Listen to that episode on the back in the archives. As Susan was a fantastic guest. Friday, March twenty eighth, Championship Wrestling, sponsored by the Sumner Rotan Club at the Sumner School Gym. Uh, I think this was brought up. This wrestling card um, was brought up on the Facebook page when we were talking about this year and. Um, the main event was tag team Jerry Valiant, brother of handsome Jimmy Valiant, and Paul Christie was going to take on Wilbur Snyder and Bobo Brazil. Mm, wow. Uh, Dr. Jerry Graham versus Spike Huber. In the girls' match, Alice Cooper versus Bunny Love. And in the preliminary match, Reverend Hampton going to square off against Dutch Savage. For I heard of Bobo Brazil. That's the only one I've <laughs> Uh, general admission was four bucks. Children were three and five dollar reserved seats for see the Ruritan members or Brian's Texaco and Sumner. They're also handling ticket sales. Unit board sets special event salaries. Um, thought this was a couple interesting things here. They talked about we talked about the coaches and things earlier. Um, Salary set for unit office employees. The unit secretary is going to pull down ten thousand one hundred dollars. The unit bookkeeper ten grand. Secretary is one hundred dollars more important than the unit bookkeeper. Evidently, board secretary gets eight hundred and unit treasurer a thousand fifty. 
The Sumner Attendance Center full-time secretary, $6,800. Hourly wages for the cooks. What do you think of cooks pulling down in 1980? Head cook. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, this hour. isn't the assistant cook. This is the head cook. Three bucks um, an hour. About, the, I would, yeah, I'll go 280. 450. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> assistant, assistant cook at 410 and a substitute cook uh, gets three to 350. Anyway. I guess all these salaries are relative to what you could purchase at the time, but it just seems, that seems crazy. Can you imagine making four, $4? <laughs> uh, Red Hill did get off to a, uh, finally get off to the start, get a play a game on, on the 28th and they lost their season opener to Flora. Uh, Coach Ray said it's a good measuring stick. They haven't hardly been able to practice outside and uh, and and lost to Flora in that game. Scoring runs for Red Hill was Joe Kurtz, Kevin Hessler, Berkeley Carey, and Brian Davis. Getting hits um, was Greg Boren, Hessler, Pank, Dave Pank, Davis, Mike Smith. Chuck Limmerin was used as a pinch hitter and coaxed a walk from the pitcher from Olney or uh, oh, Flora. And, uh, and they're scheduled to go to Olney, but that's not going to happen. Um, next up at the plaza was Coal Miner's Daughter and Fatso. And those two, Coal Miner's Daughter, I think, runs through graduation, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Delts held their monthly meeting on March 26th. Oh, yes. Uh, the meeting was called to order by President Pat Miller. Uh, of course, the sorority prayer was then followed. The minutes were made. A uh, contribution of $25 was made uh, to a couple of different charities. Um, and uh, drawing will be held for the raffling of two $50 gift certificates, one for Hazel's and one for Dick Fessel's. There's a blast from the past. Becky Gray was the hostess this night, served uh, finger sandwiches, chips, and soft drinks to Betty Meyer, Dorothy Andrews, Kathy Ubelacker, Jody Butler, Beverly Herbie, Debbie Reinhardt, Betty Reinhardt, Cindy Hassler, Shirley Woodruff, Kay Brummett, and Jan Emmons. I guess I'm guessing my mom was the secretary because she was always listed last and Jan Emmons. So, okay, that's what that makes thinking. sense. Hey, the Rangerettes are looking for replacements. There were 30 candidates who tried out for the Red Hill Rangerettes, earning permanent places for next year's squad. Are you ready? Connie Pimbleton, Julie Rankin, and Susie Fox. They join returnees Cheryl Holmes, Dorothy Piper, Carol Woodruff. Other newcomers. Now we're starting to get into the, the meat and potatoes. Sandy Piper, Tracy Roark, Natalie Abernathy, Nancy Neal, Melissa Duncan, Mary Cress, Regina Leach, and Rosemary Baltzell. The Rangerettes is a drill team that performs dance and pom-pom routines at football and basketball games. They were auditioned by Mr. Robert Clymer. Uh, Red Hills decided they're going to do RHHS Looking Good, a variety show this year um, instead of a musical. Uh, April 1st, the big story, Texaco is on strike, and that's going to go on for a little while. Um, they did have a proposal at the end of March, and they voted no, so that strike continues. Uh, on Saturday, March 29th, Mr. and Mrs. Arthur G. Hart's and Rusty Joe hosted a birthday supper and party for their daughter, Heidi Michelle, who turned nine. Those people uh, enjoying hot dogs, chips, and jello in the shape of a holly hobby was Angie Cruel, Tracy Grove, Connie Cullison, Andrea Gray, and of course, Heidi Hartz. 
Each kid was given a take-home surprise consisting of a package of good guys. Anybody know what that is? What's a good guy? No. No Uh, idea. Pencil with eraser, a balloon, gum, Smarties, and dots. Uh, She got lots of gifts, of course. Uh, Another uh, in the long list of birthday parties in these papers, Mrs. Patty Stevenson entertained with a party Wednesday, March 22nd, after school in honor of her son, Doug. Games were played, and the winners of those games, <laughs> Eric Holtz and Chip Jamerson. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, so Doug Stevenson's birthday party was mentioned on the 8081 episode, and it's back again, and I've been mentioned both times on it. Well, birthday cake, wow, ice cream, and punch were served to Corey Ray, Chip Jamerson, Barney Hughes, Scott Piper, Bucky Weiss, Gene Allen, Eric Holtz, and Doug's cousins, Angie Deloria and Andy Deloria from Lawrenceville, and, of course, his brothers, Brian and Dick. Yeah, we definitely have that. That picture is definitely floating on Facebook because everybody you name there is on a picture <laughs> that uh, Doug posted, so I'll have to repost that with the, in the comments of this show. Out in the Tool edition, Tom Tool making another appearance on the podcast. <laughs> uh, the Red Hill Building Trades House is is uh, being built. Lots of pictures, full-page story on that with lots of pictures. Uh, one interesting thing in the paper is they went through the track season they were very, uh, very creative with their names. Um, sometimes they called it the Cinder Men or the Cinder Women. Uh, this headline says Saluki Thinclads at Vincennes. I've never heard that before. Mm. A track team being called the Thinclads. <laughs> uh, coached by Bill Huff, and he had 20 people on the team. Of course, Doug Shank appears to be the premier runner and the dashes. <laughs> Hurdles is Jeff Hawkins, and the relays will be the meat and potatoes misspelling on potatoes for the Salukis. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The Salukis have Shank, Steve Spiller, and Hawkins as the top three runners. Middle distance runners, standouts, John Sumner, Danny Grogan, and uh, and they'll get, get lots of points. Very successful track season. And as we're getting close to prom, the Red Hill prom candidates, and King will actually cover the prom a little bit more, but uh, your candidates are Carrie Ann Dillard. Julie Schubert, Lisa Brennan, Tina Legg, and Julie Griffin. So good luck to them. Prom looks like it's going to be on May 9th. And that's for the Queens and the King candidates. A very familiar group of people. Raymond Price, Chip's favorite. Matt Allenbaugh, (laughs) Brian Zellers, Brian Butler, and Terry Legg. Uh, They finally reached an agreement for the Texaco strike. That was in the April 10th paper. So good job to them. I printed it out, what all they got. It really wasn't that interesting. Uh, Susan Wright is, of course, a uh, all-conference standout. I kind of got mad, which is ridiculous, in 2021 as I read this article that Jody Moan got second team. Um, I kind of thought that was bull crap. And, but then I got yeah. to look, and you know what? First team, of course, Susan Wright. Maria Sapp of Salem, who uh, had a, a, a scored 770 points, you know, NEC's leading scorer. Yeah. So, okay. Marianne Gosnell from Lawrenceville averaged 17-4 and four rebounds. Carrie Selby from Alney averaged 20. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. She's, she's just a she's sophomore, sophomore. So she, her time's coming. Uh, she, But Jody Moan was on the second team, 18.7 a game. Wow. And, I mean – Carol Klein from Fairfield, 22.8 a game and was on the second team. 
Yeah. Uh, honorable mention. Yeah. Honorable mention. Janice Bushy. And uh, I thought we had another one. Yeah, maybe not. That was it. Janice Bushy um, on the honorable mention. Uh, track debut. The Cinder Men, as they're called, uh, did really well. Danny Grogan won the pole vault. Uh, 10-6 he got. And just to show how things have changed, um, our one of our family friends, Abby Ballingy, um, got 11-3 this year for Bar-Reeve. Mm. So we're, getting, we're jumping higher, folks. Uh, the NEC tournament baseball finally happened, and uh, Kevin Hessler hit a bomb home run in that game. And uh, Red Hill, unfortunately, though, comes out on the losing end, six to three. The next uh, game after that, they take an eighteen to eight loss to Lawrenceville. So, not not doing real great on the baseball field. The Delts has another meeting, and they vote to give five dollars to the after prom. And I mean, I know, <laughs> I know it's nineteen eighty, but five. I mean, five dollars. <laughs> what? What in the world is the after prom going to do with five dollars? Yeah, it's like leaving like a, a tip for the wait. It's like better to like to not leave a tip at all than like leave, you put like twenty five. I put a quarter down as yeah. a tip for your waitress. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> and they actually took a vote on that. But the big song of the spring was Blondie. Spent six weeks at number one. This is Call Me. Favorite Blondie song? Um, probably the Tide is High. No, I was going to say yeah. Rapture, but... Tide, tide is High for sure. Yeah, I like Rapture. I'd say all three of these are about the same. <clears throat> uh, in, in a follow-up story from earlier, Rusty Hearts is honored with a birthday party, and they serve Prado Pups and potato chips, but a little smaller gathering than what Heidi got. Uh, EJ Shore, John Bowman Jr., and Brent B.W. Watson only students in attendance i remember it must obviously wasn't this one i remember attending one of rusty's birthday party one time and it was the first time i'd ever seen anybody put the spaghetti in the sauce that was interesting my second (laughs) spaghetti story of the podcast yeah i was gonna say spaghetti's popular tonight (laughs) write that down yeah i brought that down as well uh red hill goes to three and seven in baseball and and as we about to wrap up the season here the top five hitters for the salukis are uh hessler at 550 troy reinhardt at 375 ron eck at 348 greg Bourne 321 and mike smith chip one of chip's favorites hitting 304 and i tell you what that's about gonna do it for me the spring was very wet successful track mediocre baseball but the hearts has had fun. <laughs> and as we get ready to head over to David King, and he's going to take the summer. If you're looking for some place to play golf, make the short trip over from Bridgeport to Country Oaks Golf Club, right on Route 50 between Washington and Montgomery. Five sets of tee boxes. Zoysia Fairways. Tee boxes. Beautiful bent grass greens. So all abilities can play here, and there's a practice range. Just swipe your credit card right at the machine and hit balls till 
until you can't hit him, any, hit him anymore. So we'd like to see you over here Montgomery, Indiana. Call 812-486-3300 for your tee times, and we will see you at the Oaks. And don't forget our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant, Andrews Insurance, People State Bank, and, of course, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. David King, take us into the late spring and summer of 1980. All right. Not a whole lot of uh, Red Hill news going on during the summer. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to kind of go over the, the prom king and queen, kind of the end of the graduation, and then hit the uh, kind of summer, kind of summarize the year with the yeah. with the end of, end of the year sports banquet. Be a good kind wrap up. Tie tie everything together. Um, as you said, baseball didn't get to play that many games that year. Uh, they did play uh, in the opening game of the regional um, and bowed out to Grayville two to one to end their season. Um, tough year. Tough year. Now, Brian, how did the how did the track team do overall in the? in the districts did you have that i didn't um i i didn't look into the postseason but the, yeah. i mean it's solid squad and and they didn't send anyone to state i know until shank goes you know the following year but uh well doug shank did go to state oh this was so, the year he yeah. went okay he went we placed seventh in the 100 meter down okay state. all right but there was so there was a district meet um but then the daily record did not cover anything about the district meet and then all of a sudden, Shank is in. Okay. Um, I was thinking in, it was the in, next year that the, Shank went. At the state. Now, he may have gone the next year, too. Um, but he did go here in 80. So. Yep. Because um, the next year is when he the, false starts. Yeah. Brian went over the uh, king king, uh, the king and queen candidates. Who you guys got? Who, who's winning this thing? Well, I'm uh, going to take Ray Price as the king. And I'm going to go Tina Legg. As the queen. So just to okay. wrap it up, it's Carrie Ann Diller, Julie Schubert, Lisa Brennan, Tina Legg, and Julie Griffin. For the king, okay. it is Ray Price, Matt Allenball, Brian Zellers, Brian Butler, and Terry Legg. I'm going to go Terry Legg and Carrie Ann Dillard. Schubert Butler. Gary wins. Whoa! Oh wow! On the on the, on the queen candidate. Oh, okay. Uh, Julie, oh, right. Julie, Julie Schubert is your congratulations. Nineteen eighty, uh, Red Hill uh, prom queen. Matt Allenbaugh is the uh, okay. nineteen eighty Red Hill prom king. How does Ray Price not win that? <laughs> so, so congratulations to those two. And and uh, listen, we can make jokes, but that five dollars that the Delts had, you know, <laughs> that had to go a long way. That'd be, like a, that'd be like a fifteen dollar donation now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jan. <laughs> but uh, so graduation, um, the nineteen eighty graduating class uh, graduated ninety three kids. Um, Ted Buchanan was the valedictorian of the class, and Amy Jo Huff was your salutatorian. All right, congratulations. So, congratulations to them. Good but job, guys. 90, Ninety-three. That that number held pretty strong at Red Hill for about the next fifteen years or so. Yeah. Probably before ten. Yeah, we were we were only sixty-nine in my class, but so okay. we had well, I know my sister's class, class but... in ninety-five was up a, up a, around that ninety little ninety, but I think that was one of the last. Okay. Big, you know, bigger classes to go through. So. But uh, attendance still hold, you know, pretty steady. Um, the sports award, the all sports award banquet was held in late May. Uh, the women, um, the women uh, awards 
MVP of basketball, of course, was Susan Wright. Um, Good choice. <laughs> Jody Moe was also um, recognized for making uh, making it onto the All Conference team in basketball. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Kathy Lightis, uh, one year. Uh, Women's track MVP. Okay. So, Good job. Okay. So, uh, moving on to uh, moving on to men's sports. Talked about a little tease earlier about the most valuable cross country runner. Yes. Um, John Sumner. Wow. Sumner been, got it. Where's he from? Been, been, been mentioned a few times um, throughout the night. Wrestling MVP. Who you guys, who you guys got there? Uh, uh, Acres. Acres, Larry Acres wins okay. wrestling MVP. Job, We've got co-baseball MVPs. Greg Boren, Greg Boren and Hessler. Kevin Hessler. Yep. yep. Those yes. are your baseball MVPs. Basketball MVP. Is there any doubt? Oh, Terry. Terry McAdoo for sure. Terry McAdoo. Mm. Track MVP. Any doubt? Shank. Oh, Shank. Yeah. Oh, Shank. Football MVP. Football MVP. Yes. I, I, I Price. Yeah. I no. <laughs> Hawk. No. Hawkins. I would say. Yeah, I'll Hawkins, say Hawkins. Tony Lightus. Oh wow, oh, a lineman. Ah, <laughs> oh, congratulations, Tony. So congratulations to our award winners. Oh. Uh, that pretty well wraps up the. Uh, pretty much wraps up the 1979, 1980s school year i think it was a solid um, year one Great you know year. the one the one big the one thing that did happen uh you know big news in august right before the next school year starts um big big day for the king family is nancy king is hired as the uh oh wow as the uh, All home, right. ec, home ec teacher at red hill for, I the, thought, for the next school i thought year. you were gonna talk about the iran hostages but that's way bigger <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no that's all i got so and I know for the, those of you that follow all the school year episodes, um, I know you expect more of a summer edition. Uh, we decided that because they la it's, it's hard to get all this in, so we're going we're gonna to start just going basically through the end of the school year. Uh, but we might do some here and there. We might just do a summer, a summer of 84 episode or something like that where we'll mention some of those things. So this, for those of you expecting, you've listened for two and a half hours, you're waiting for the summer report. <laughs> You'll have to wait for another episode on that. Dying to hear those Lawrence County <laughs> Open results. Yes, and the Alberts Tennis Open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, guys, it was a good episode. Of course, in case I forget at the end, David King, Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons, thank you. Uh, all the research and, and everything you guys do. Um, it, 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 people that listen, whether you listen all at once or you break it up into a, you know four or five days of listening, it's a whole lot of fun. I appreciate what what you guys do thank our sponsors gray's restaurant pizza house pizza tyler griffin people state bank and andrews insurance agency we're doing our best to spread their word chip and dave and gary we talked about john reed at the beginning he was dominating early in this podcast yeah the movie fin decide yes it was rated x <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lynn in the house making his Red Hill debut. Yeah. All three lightest kids were mentioned. They were. That's right. Ashley Bobby Hester played in the dominate. round robin. Ashley Hester dominates fall festival. What a, what a run the kid had. Yeah. Um, the knack. 
and their fantastic yep. song "My Sharona." They got a lot of time. Yeah. No, no Kelvin Cessna on basketball or any sport. This is a Kelvin-free episode. Uh, guys, the Gatlin <laughs> Brothers Band was discussed. <laughs> Don't forget our explanation of wrestlebacks. Pronto pups at the Hearts House. Hmm. The El Dorado basketball tourney and that rich yes. tradition. Yes. The hoop shoot. The jumpathon. Square dancing. Chip. <laughs> Rupert Holmes. Lori Latch. The delts being cheap. <laughs> And my mom, the Tool subdivision, possibly the secretary, Tom Tool, Kenny Rogers. You get a lot of song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just getting silly. Okay, listen. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you enjoy it as much as we do, and obviously we enjoy it. So, until two weeks from now, when we come back with another episode. I appreciate it, as does Dave, Chip, and Gary. On behalf of those guys, I'm Brian Emmons. And, of course, we are Red Hill. Let's go white.